Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's December 22nd, 2023 for the last time this week. I am at Joel Pearl and it's time to get in the weeds. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you, Jeremy Lambert? I didn't know if you were going to say this year because, you know, that 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 joke always hits. That's always a big hit. Uh, end of the year, beginning of the year stuff. Um, and then I so I had to think of like, well, no, it's not quite the last time this year. We're doing a couple shows next week. So yeah, I didn't know where you're going that joel don't don't mess with me today joel i don't know if people can tell by the sound of my usually lovely and soothing voice it is uh not as lovely and as soothing today i'm (sighs) getting 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 ill for the holidays joel pearl tis the season buddy everyone everyone's sick there you go and now you're getting anonymous tea that's great yes my my lovely wife has brought me tea to hopefully soothe me a little bit so shout out to her the absolute best trying to take care of me as i power through to deliver this show for all of you well all of us appreciate you powering through you can power through this show with a thumbs up and of course you can subscribe to us here at fightful overbooked we're on the way to fifteen thousand. get us to fifteen thousand subs we are so close about 90 away so how about you go click that subscribe button if you haven't already that's my goal for the end of the year i just need it i just want it i want it so badly and of course you can donate a super chat any amount get your question or statement read on the air we're building to a big 2024 as are a lot of people we're going to talk about today because uh listen we don't have to talk about wrestling yet because you know why would we do that there we go you got your your fireworks took forever today took a while yeah yeah no no premature fireworks it took a while to set up set off a little little bit there long wicks long wicks there i um the going back to the sick thing like everyone everyone's gotten sick in my house so i i the ways i get sick is a little weird sometimes it's lingering and sometimes it just kind of passes through in a few days it drives my wife nuts that like i can go like this when it comes to being sick but like my wife gets it and it takes her out for two weeks. She's got a bad cough. If you really listen hard in the background, you could hear her cat, like just coughing and gagging. My kid now has a cough. So he's waking up in the middle of the night and he's been coughing no fever. So the daycare is like, yeah, he's fine. You can bring him into school. Uh, as long as they're not actively battling whatever they have, the daycares just don't care. It's very strange. But anyway, everyone's sick. I'm not. So here we are loving it. I'm going to try my best to mute my mic when I cough. I apologize if uh, some coughs get through, but uh, I'm going to try to try to try to mute it out here when, when I get the, uh, get the, get the coughs going. Yeah. You know, Joel, I got 12 kids. Like they're all in school. They're all bringing home something. Schools are germies. Not, not my name. I've heard that joke before. Like, you know, school, just nothing but germs and, and stuff, just bringing stuff home. So 
everybody's on winter break now so everybody's coming home and they brought all the germs with them and it's just it's just it's just terrible i i don't think having a cough drop on the show i've taken some medicine already this uh this morning so i have taken meds i got my my hot tea here some soothing tea and uh hopefully we'll get through this we're not talking about anything important right no not at all dayquil echinacea the good stuff vicks vapo rub yeah, I did take some Dayquil this morning. Uh, that is, that was my med of choice, I guess. Uh, so yeah, medicine, everybody, take take your medicine or, or or don't. I don't know. No, no, take your medicine. Drink your milk. You don't worry about saying your prayers, and if you're gonna if you're gonna get baptized, just don't get wear baptized. a white bandana. Yeah. <laughs> just don't, brother. Yeah, go oh, get baptized, goodness. everybody. Anyway, we have plenty to talk. Yeah, can we can we spend twenty minutes on Ernest the Goat Miller? All right. I mean, we can. I don't know if we're going to turn out. So full, dis- minutes. full disclosure, ahead. I do listen to the spotlight. I don't catch it live because I'm up to other stuff. In the mornings. I like to hear Jensen's voice. And so I got a chance. I didn't get a chance to listen to the cat interview because I knew it was uh, a 75-minute conversation that you guys had. So I haven't had that yet. But uh, I listened to the rest of the show. So go ahead. Let's let's talk about Ernest Miller on the show. Because I was – listen, that's a that's a fun get for you guys. That's a good get. That that was all the work of Steven Jensen, as uh, hopefully people learned during that interview. Jensen's brother has got a good relationship with the cat, and he'd been wanting the cat. He mentioned getting the cat to me like months ago. He's like, oh, yeah, my brother knows the cat really well. And like, you think we could get him on the show? I was like, I don't know. Maybe. Like, ask him. So I think the first time he asked, like, it was good. The cat was cool with it. Like, I don't know if people noticed in the interview, but like, we started off and it kind of started a little slow. Like Jensen asked him a question and he gave like a two word answer. And then we were, there was like a moment of awkward silence there. And then I asked the question about the rumble and then he was off and running after that. He gave us like a 15 minute answer after that. We asked beforehand, we were like, how, like, are you good with like 20 to 30 minutes? I was like, yeah, that's cool. 20, 30 minutes is cool. We ended up doing like an hour and 20. I had to cut portions because of, uh, some technical issues which people may have picked up on um but yeah we had some technical issues so i had to cut and splice together uh yeah we went into like an hour and 20 my favorite 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 part was when it's later in the interview but cat's like asking us like what we do how we cover wrestling and stuff and i'm telling him like oh yeah i listen to a bunch of like podcasts and interviews and write headlines and and articles and stuff he's like okay okay and he's like what's making the news today and this was a few days ago. And um, I said like, oh, you know, Mike Rotunda is talk- was talking about Bray's passing and how he's on a Legends deal. That's been a big story today. And then Jensen's just like, you know what might be interesting to you, Cap? The Undertaker told this story about CM Punk. The moment he mentioned CM Punk, I, of course, know where Jensen is going with this because I know Steven Jensen. And Kat's, you know, Kat's, of course, bigging up his karate career and stuff. He's talking about going to American Top Team and taking out, like, 20 dudes and everything. So the moment he mentioned CM Punk, I'm like, oh, he's going to get the cat to bury CM Punk. He just is. And so he's like, Undertaker told the story of CM Punk tapping out. CM Punk thought he could tap out Bobby Lashley and, and Shelton Benjamin, you know, amateur wrestlers. He thought he could tap him out and, like, they both beat him in like 40 seconds. What are your thoughts on this cat? And I'm dying at this. And cat's like, let me tell you something about this. Like CM Punk, 
He's like, Jeremy, make sure you write this. Make sure you write this headline, Jeremy. I got 12-year-olds who could beat up CM Punk. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. I saw people in the chat yesterday as the interview was airing. They're like, Jeremy's got headlines for like two weeks out of this article. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Christmas is going to be super fun when like there's nothing going on. And I'm just writing about the cat saying he's got 12-year-olds who could beat up CM Punk. Like, oh, he was amazing absolutely amazing that was really fun he buried he buried me because he, he caught me off guard with a james brown question he's like you know who james brown is and i'm like yeah godfather soul he's like do you know songs and I'm like i blanked on like songs by james oh, brown no. yeah yeah i just completely blanked there i just completely caught off guard would you say that I you felt- were in a you were left in a cold sweat see I, i'm assuming that's a james brown i only know like the the, the hit james brown songs like i feel good I could not think of I feel good. I wanted to call it like I got a feeling. I was like, that's not right. That's the uh, Beatles. That's a Black Eyed Peat song. Well, uh, I guess it's sure, right. that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I want I knew something about like a feeling. Uh and, and I, went, I wanted to be like, I got soul and I'm super bad. Like I wanted to like name that stuff, but like I don't I couldn't think of the name of the songs. And so I just I completely blanked. I just was like Godfather of Soul. That's all I could think of off the top of my head. So yeah, it was really fun though. If you've not, if you've not seen the, yeah, Louis said Cat understood the assignment of burying CM Punk. Yeah, if you've not watched that interview, it's very fun. We'll that'll probably be on Overbooked as its own separate thing. Uh, this weekend, maybe tomorrow, and tomorrow it'll be its own uh interview. So yeah, check check it out. It's uh, it was a lot of fun talking to the cat, and he's got his own podcast coming in the new year. So I get to listen to that here, uh, starting New Year's looking forward to that that's that interview when you gave me some of the cold notes on that i was dying i love it so i'm gonna i'm gonna make time for that today probably while i'm going to pick up the kid from daycare but uh that's that's hilarious stuff hey you want a little bit of uh it's not breaking news but it was just announced tna yes yeah, steve Allen is uh he should, he should be beating you up on the pre-show not rich right. i'm gonna beat him up instead pre-show hard to kill it's on TNA Plus exclusively. It's an hour-long pre-show, which normally they're about a half hour. So they're going an hour, and they've, they've announced uh, a few matches. One is Steve Macklin versus Rich Swan, so I get to clown on Steve Macklin being on the pre-show. Uh, and then he'll probably clown me right back, being like, at least I'm on the show. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and then Frankie Kazarian and Eric Young are going to take on Brian Myers and Edward Edwards. Of course, that's good. And uh, Crazy Steve takes on Tommy Dreamer. Whether or not that's for the Digital Media Championship, that's... Uh, that we're going to wait and see about that. But I think it's time for Crazy Steve to win that digital media title from the Tommy Dreamer. Good luck, Joel. I hope you should jump in the ring on the pre-show. That's, that's all I'm saying. Listen, I've I've been, I, I'm known by enough of the, uh, the TNA uh, wrestlers and staff at this point that uh, we're co-opted. We are co-opted. co-opted. I yeah. should be able to just waltz right into the ring yeah. and cut a full promo like I'm that's David Joel Pearl from the Jade Chung press release. <laughs> not even the interview, just yeah, the press release. That's the press release. <laughs> they don't need to know my face, they just need to assume. Hey, listen, if David Greca can do it and do the busted open spots, right? You should be able to come in and do in the weed spots, right? We're gonna fight the people at Busted Open next year. <laughs> <laughs> we should. So, if Bully and Tommy have a busted open match. What is the Steve Macklin versus, I don't know, pick another wrestler to represent us? The, the Brian Myers. I don't know. Who else? Yeah, who would represent us? Myers? Is that uh, what we're going with? I don't know. Some, someone else who's been on the show. Who else has been on the show that we liked? 
We get Rocky. Rocky's like the liaison and representative for every promotion. So Alex Shelley, he's been on the show. We can Alex, have Alex Shelley has Shelley. been on the show. Yeah. So there you go. Shit. Macklin versus we Alex. Have a lot Shelley. of good people on this show. Why? Yeah. What's happening? I don't know. Something happened. I, I know people are saying Kip Sabian. I'm, I'm talking specifically TNA talent, Impact TNA talent. Uh, Kip would be dope though. I'd love to see Kip in TNA. But either way, uh, what would we call that match? And in the weeds match, what would it be called? Which is just you got you got to pull weeds and beat each other with. <laughs> Deal, fine. The weed whacker match. That's what the it is. Weed whacker match. Yeah, I don't know if they want to do that style of match. Nothing scared me more as a kid than it wasn't a weed whacker. It was a uh, lawnmower. Point Break. Fantastic film, by the way. You know the the scene where they they're going through the house to to chase the guys the cops are Keanu Reeves and like he holds his face to like the lawnmower that is like going nothing scared me more as a kid than this scene like i was deathly afraid of like lawnmowers and like my face or limbs getting too close and like getting just chopped to to pieces from these things oh this is it it's it's a weed lc match weed lc <laughs> that's good that's good. You got to smoke a lot beforehand, and then you just have a ladders and chairs match. We need, yeah. the, the, we need the rascals. We need Trey Miguel. We need, we need Wendy. They just resigned. They did. I, I'm yeah. starting to get to the point where I'm like, I'm pretty sure your re signings are just like transferring over the names of the contract from Impact to TNA. <laughs> Fair. I mean, yeah, because Zach just came back this year, Wentz. So, like, was he on like a six month deal and now he's re signed to a longer deal? So, this is also worth mentioning with TNA because, like, they brought in talent on a, on a, not a hand, well, they've done handshakes too, but like their longer term talent that gets signed are sometimes on six month deals. So, like, it's possible that Wentz was brought in with the knowledge that they were going to, you know, go to TNA and do the rebrand and have maybe some more money to play with or just more availability in terms of contract length that they waited till now i don't know either way like there's a part of me that thinks that it's just it, it's just doing it for the sake of doing it semantics you're now a, a tna wrestler instead of an impact wrestling wrestler or it's something else because because they haven't done like a josh alexander has re-signed with tna wrestling right it's just josh is a wrestler on tna brand yeah because josh just signed like a three-year deal like this year so right oh That's whatever. Why i it's- don't know if you can parse that out and maybe it is a re-signing and he's just gonna sign he's gonna tack on a year or something tack on like a month just to say like he's re-signed with tna and it's just like an extra month on the is already uh his contract bram has re-signed with tna Uh, they should just do it for the bit right Uh, the Um, problem is bram is like out there so but but if camille were to come into tna then you can have one spot with bram just Bram's one. wife has signed with Bram's TNA wife. wrestling. Already <laughs> <laughs> uh, sent a super chat saying, "Morning, y'all! Thanks for the content during work. Happy winter time. Enjoy the time with your family." Uh, what is I Y W? I I don't know, man. I I you uh, anyway. Ardu, in your weeds. Oh, in, in your, your weeds. weeds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and feel better, Jeremy. Yes, we hope Jeremy feels better. Um, and yes, this is a good time. This is a good time to be uh, with your families if you can, or at least with people that you like. That's probably the best part about it. The people that you like aren't always your your family, but sometimes they are your your close people. So enjoy that. Or if you just like being alone. Some people just like being alone. Go and enjoy that. Uh, programming note, by the way, Monday is Christmas Day. We will not be here. Uh, well, I don't know where we'll be. What? Well, you're going to be here? 
Yeah, it might just show up. I mean, just like do it, start the show and be like, where is everybody? You're the one who said that we shouldn't do a show on Christmas <laughs> I know, Day. I know. I was the one who was like, can I find another Jew? By, by 10 o'clock, you know, like the kids are getting us up at like six, wanting to open up all the presents and stuff. By 10 o'clock, they're, they're knee deep in all their gifts and whatnot. And I'm just like, I got nothing else to do. So it's like, eh, sure. Let's do a show at 10. <laughs> what's your what what is the christmas morning like at the lambert household i just told you they're they're waking us up at like six like come on let's get gifts and everything so we're trying to like get up stumble get our coffee and everything like can we get two seconds to get like coffee and then we we get our coffee then they open all the gifts and uh, that's that's it and then they spend the rest of the day ignoring us so they can play with all their all their gifts i mean that's that's normal normal anyway um but yeah, they're they're always up super early to, to try to, which you know, I was the same way as a kid, so I don't I don't blame them at all. And then usually the the wife and I will just like go back to sleep, and then they'll they'll now we we go to we go to people's uh family house and and, and stuff and just do various things. We're not doing a show on Monday. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but but yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. Is everybody's up by six? Gifts are open by ten. Probably just like well, uh. I, I got nothing else to do. So just jump on to jump on to in the weeds and see if anybody else has nothing else to do at 10 o'clock. Everyone will just do their presence reveal and I'll just be sitting there. Bah humbug. Uh, I got, <laughs> I got a message from the anonymous uh, ITW general manager saying this Christmas stuff is news to me. <laughs> she knows how it works. That's exactly how it works. I think she, she's probably talking about the show. Um, anyway, I would like mind. to assume that, but this is even better. Uh, I just said, that's the news I, I needed. Hold on. This I is say, in the weeds is in the pines. Oh, that's good. That's good, Deshaq. No, that's good. Um, yeah, IT, ITP. No, um, 6 a.m., professor. Yeah, the kids are up at like 6 a.m., just ready to that's ready wild. to open up all of these gifts. All right, Joel, let's get into the real news of the day. All right. Uh, 30 eggs. Yes, let's talk about it. What is this? All right. So you've not seen this video because I asked you off air if you've seen this video, and you said you have. No. I have not. I do. Thing. I do buy eggs in thirty packs. So, like, that's okay. why I saw the header and I was like, "Yeah, that would be easy." Okay. All right. See. Right. All right. So, there's this woman who she's on TikTok and she's telling the story about her ex boyfriend of he's in this fantasy football league and like they do punishments if you lose the fantasy football league and the punishment was you have to eat the number of eggs in one waking day so like if you get up at six and go to bed at nine you got to eat the eggs in that time you eat the number of eggs as your age and they're saying and she's saying like everybody in the league is like late 20s early 30s and so this is the big punishment so it's like 30 30 He's like 30 years old and he lost, he lost the, the, his league this one year and it was like horrifying for him. And then the next year, this year, and, uh, like he had Nick Chubb on his fantasy team, Nick Chubb blew out his knee. He was horrified because he thought he was going to have to eat these eggs again. They ended up breaking up and everything, but she's like 30 eggs. Like that's a lot. And she goes and she tells her guy friends of like, yeah, I had to eat 30 eggs. And all the guys are like 30 eggs. That would be easy. That'd be easy. Like this is this is easy to eat thirty eggs. I'm thinking the same thing. Like yeah, thirty eggs doesn't sound that terrible, especially and because you all can the intersperse it with other stuff that you make throughout the day. Yeah, this is my my thought as well. And it, but she's like, you guys don't understand. Like thirty eggs is like a lot. 
And she's like, everybody in the comments is going to be like, 30X is easy, 30X is easy. And then I'm like reading the comments and stuff and like you're doing like calorie counters and everything. And it does seem like a lot. But I'm thinking to myself, like, I can scramble just like five eggs at a time, eat them like that, eat like a big omelet or something. Like, it feels like it's easy. But now, like, the more, uh, the more, like, I'm talking to the wife, and the wife is like, no, you're insane. Like, there's no way you could do 30 eggs. And I'm like, I feel like it's not that difficult. Am I? But now I feel like I'm crazy. Yeah, over a whole day. Right. Like three good yeah, omelets. You make a four egg omelet. That's what is that? That's 12. And then you snack on some eggs the rest of the day. Yeah. Like I, I feel like it wouldn't be difficult, but like you read the comments on this and like, it is a lot of calories. I, I do see that. Yes. But they're good calories. If you watch the Simpsons. Uh, I guess. Egg I creeps got to you too, huh? You better run egg. <sighs> People like do devil deviled eggs counts. That only counts as like a half a egg, technically, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta do both eggs if you can do the deviled egg, right? Because it's half yeah. of a white, and then you, yeah, no, I, I mean it, it would count. You just have to do the full egg. You have to do two two pieces of a deviled egg. That's a full egg. It, I don't feel like it would be that difficult, but apparently it is. I think it all comes down to how you do it. Because again, some people might be thinking in one sitting, like Shytown Spurs sent us a super chat saying, Egg Schmegs, how many chicken nuggets can you down in one sitting? I I don't know how many I could do in one sitting because like I don't know. I I haven't tried. <laughs> and I have no and I'm not like a big chicken nuggets guy, but like eggs, I couldn't do 30 in one sitting. But if it's an entire day and I'm up at 6 a.m. and I go to bed at eleven p.m. I can do 30 eggs in a day and I can make them in different ways. You get some fried rice, some leftover fried rice. You fry a few eggs over top of that. Delicious. You got some pasta lying around, fry a few eggs on it, put it on top. Delicious with some, uh, what do you call it? Or like some craft dinner or whatever, some mac and cheese. You know, there, there are different ways that you can put the eggs with whatever meals you're doing. Make a burger, put an egg on top. That's the best. You make a pizza, put the, put an egg in the pizza. That's, that's an Australian style pizza. Yeah, I tried that on a cruise ship. It became a thing. It became a staple. It's delicious. You put a fried egg on a pizza and you bake it all in. It's perfect. You can do it. I I feel it wouldn't be that difficult. But apparently it's like it is. Apparently it's a thing that like it's uh it's tough to do. Chicken nuggets, by the way. I can crush some chicken nuggets. I'll I'll eat like 15 of those things for for lunch. So yeah, I'll crush I'll crush chicken nuggets. Eggs, I don't know. It doesn't feel like 30 eggs is all that difficult. Like maybe we are crazy though, Joel. Maybe you know like our min brain is like crazy. Is I mean, crazy yes. to us. But like you go to a buffet, go to a breakfast buffet, right? And you go and you get the eggs there. Like maybe you don't have to do again, there are different styles of eggs too. We just talk about, you know, deviled eggs. You can do scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs can really get you because they're fluffy and they're light. They're easy. Why? You just go through scrambled eggs. You could do the the you know, side over easy and all that. You know what you do? You do what's called, well, my, my mom called it the Egyptian mummy growing up. Other people call it a toad in the hole. Some people call it a, a what is it? So what we, so you cut a, the, the hole in the middle of the bread and then you put the egg in the center of the bread on the okay, pan. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. People have different names for it, but uh, yes, it's regardless. That's another way you can do it. That's a little more hefty. So there, there are so many ways to do eggs. This is like, this is the forest gump of egg talk right now. You know, shrimp, <laughs> shrimp, 
shrimp on the barbie shrimp on the cane shrimp deluxe i don't know whatever you know what i'm saying uh so yeah we could do 30 i think we can i feel like we could do 30 eggs like yeah, eggs in the back one... of doing it anyway yeah it's in one waking day so like you get up you have like six scrambled eggs for breakfast you have six scrambled eggs for lunch you have you have some more for, as a snack if some more for dinner and others i feel like yeah you get ryan ryan saying i could do 1000 percent. i could do this in three meals if they're scrambled yeah ten i mean scrambled? yeah let's ten, go yeah 10 scrambled eggs for breakfast lunch and dinner it doesn't feel that difficult yeah you can have the eggs you can you can have the eggs however you want it tuan like you can, can you eat them raw eggs? you can eat them all hard boiled a general statement though can you broil eggs i mean i'm sure you could but it oh good I mean, sure. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, I would do it. 30 eggs, that would be easy. I see, I agree, but apparently, like... Though those people are insane. We are the sane ones, Jeremy. We talk about <laughs> wrestling and wrestling-adjacent programming, so clearly, we are the sane ones. Okay? We are the ones who know. Yeah, I, I feel like it wouldn't be that difficult, but I don't know. We have to consult Meat Normus. He's not Egg Normus. He's Meat Normus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, five, so five, five per meal is over the top. Ten is pushing it. Yeah, I wouldn't go like ten per meal. Like I'd, I'd break it down a little bit more. Like you gotta have like snacks and stuff. I feel like I can just have like a couple hard boiled eggs throughout of, of like and just like snack on them type of thing. Like you know, I get I I used to eat like. It's like four or five hard-boiled eggs, just as a as like a late breakfast. I don't know. Listen, I don't feel like this is difficult. We're not. We're you and I are no strangers to a fifteen or sixteen-hour day. So let's take that sixteen-hour day. In every half an hour, you have a hard-boiled egg. There you go. Just like clockwork. Every every half hour, ding! Time for your hard-boiled egg, and they're already made. You've already made them the night before because you're not a crazy person. You've already pre-peeled them because, like, peeling an egg, oh, that could be the Yeah, that's a bitch. That's the worst part. But anyway, the point is, you know, if you're doing, if you're pulling a 15-hour day from from wake to sleep, you can do 30 eggs every half an hour. Where is Sean Ross Sapp to talk about this? This is the discussion for Sean and his gimmick on this show. Factual. And, And where, and, like, deviled eggs as well, like, I'll eat a bunch of deviled eggs at like Christmas oh, yeah. parties and stuff. Yeah. I realize that only counts counts as like maybe like you got to eat two to count as one. But like I don't know. I'll eat like seven, eight, and then bitches just if if I'm left to my own devices. There, like I don't. It doesn't feel that difficult. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So let's all go and eat thirty eggs and report back. All right, yeah, the 30 egg challenge, everybody. We're going to You think we could eat 30 eggs in 2 hours on this show? Yeah, absolutely this? not. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's too Now we've gone too far. Uh egg burritos, I would do that. Yeah. Egg sandwich cuz yeah. once, once you start introducing other foods because you got to pace yourself too, right? Your your stomach. Yeah, but that's going to be filling. That's that's going to fill you up more, though. Like it's that's going to fill you up a little right. bit more. Like if you're eating uh, eating like eggs with like rice, and all of this stuff. You got to just go with the eggs. You don't want to get over full here. Well, that, that's that's why you got to do uh, 
what was I going to say? You got to do the the one or two big egg meals, and then everything else is just snacking on eggs or just making making eggs. I think we can do this. Should we do this? I mean, if you want, I don't know if I can because then I got to go out and buy more eggs. I only have about twenty five eggs left. <laughs> the wife is very worried. She literally oh, just that. messaged. She literally just messaged. She goes, am I going to have to go buy three dozen eggs? I'm resigning myself to my fate. She might have to. We might have to get like. I'll 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 document my experience of, of doing this as well of like just doing doing these eggs. I'll document the whole thing and we'll we'll do 30 eggs. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. People asking about the Continental Classic. Well, you, I mean, the, the Continental Breakfast, that'll have 30 Here's eggs. It. All right, everybody. this is We're, we're going to do this. This is the, the 20... 24 challenge is you know the the last day last day of 2023 so we have a do we have a show we have a show on new year's day yeah we have a show on new year's channel episode too (laughs) okay even better even better the last day of 2023 because that's that's a day i'm gonna be staying up late because i'll at least make it till midnight that day the last day of 2023 the 30 egg challenge. All right, everybody. Let me know if you're going to do this with me. Oh, wait. She said, the wife just said, don't fuck up our New Year's Eve. Look at the wife cursing. Yeah. Um, at least she waited 30 uh, minutes to get there. <laughs> all right. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Now I've kind of talked. But what about the day before New Year's Eve? What, that's a Saturday, right? Oh, that, no, I got to say, I got to stay up late for that day. That's a, that's it's a, the it's world's yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You can do the 30 egg world's end challenge. <laughs> I'd have like an egg per match. That would well, give me. That'll give you 35. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of matches too. I get, I could do this like dirt watching world's end and like eating all of these eggs. I can do this. Now people are bringing in egg puns to the chat. Eggs caliber with <laughs> fire during the Continental Classic. Uh, we got an excellent title, 30 Egg Challenge, says Tony Khan. It's going to be, now we're just egg puns, so uh, I don't know. Donate your super chats with these things. <laughs> All right, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to do it. Alex gimmick. We're, we're going to do it. It's either going to be the sat the Saturday might make some sense because then I can get into like a nice rhythm during uh, during AEW. You know, I can I can document my by my progress during AEW. This will be what everybody's paying attention to during World's End. They don't give a shit about who the deviled egg is. They're only worried about me and, and the my deviled eggs. That's For the all. devil no, hold on. The deviled eggs, we already know. That that's Gallows and Anderson. True. True. Okay. That that's 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 what we're I AEW World's End and AEW and, by the way. What? All eggs wrestling, eggy W. There you go. There you go. All right. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do the 30 egg challenge. And so the January the first episode of the year, main channel on this show. We'll report back with the progress of how it went. And I will document 
the whole experience uh on on my socials and you know we we, we had a meeting yesterday joel we had a meeting and there's apparently like a community tab on this youtube channel there is, i'll yes. document the experience on the community tab on this youtube channel so Beautiful. like the only way you're gonna i'm not putting this on twitter i will a little bit because like uh you know uh that's where most of my followers are but i'm gonna put it on the community tab on this youtube channel as well all right all right everybody we're doing this 30 30 egg challenge we're gonna call it the aw world's egg challenge Get right. You can do it with me if you would like, everyone. All right? If you want to do the 30 egg challenge with me, we're going to do this. We're going to do this together. You want to call it the Continental Breakfast Classic? We can do that. We can call it that. We're going to do it probably on the Saturday, the second to last day of 2023. That sounds like such a bad idea. 30 eggs. That would be easy. Yeah, 30 eggs. That would be very easy. I'm glad we did this. 30 minutes into the show, (laughs) we've discovered how we're going to spend the day before New Year's Eve. And people are just screaming at us right now. It's perfect. Mostly yeah. they are your, but uh, that's okay. That's that's what we're here for. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, shall we? So, okay, here we go. Shaitan Spurs says, "Do you guys think Jack Perry comes back to interfere in the Egg and Christian Dirty <laughs> <Dirty> match?" <laughs> oh God, yeah, I think that's going to be a very uh, hard boiled finish in that no disqualification match at World's End. Is it is it officially yet? I know Christian said he was gonna he's gonna come out on Saturday. With his 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 buddy his his son, Nick Cage, and they're going to give the final answer to Adam Copeland, right? I hope that Christian rejects the match and is like, you know what? Actually, you face Nick Wayne, and if you beat Nick Wayne, maybe I'll face you later. Christian could, should, should just deny this man everything because that would rule, and because Adam Copeland d- doesn't deserve any of this. What did Adam Copeland? He lost. Get over it, loser. He got kicked in the dick. By Nick okay, Cage's he lost. Yeah, but but Nick Cage's mom got it going on. He lost. He should accept his loss like a man and move on with his life. Instead, his obsessive nature is very off-putting, and I can understand why Christian Cage does not want to be friends with him. It's very obsessive. Maybe he should. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he should go after the. Maybe he's the devil. Maybe Adam Copeland is the devil. God, I think I maybe. Not. I think Adam, Adam Adam Copeland is the devil, and and Nick Nemeth is one of the henchmen. And that's, that's none of it. that would be yeah, good. No, no. None of that would be good. People bringing up Adam Copeland because <laughs> he flew the coop. <laughs> oh, this show is awful. I love it. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where that where that goes. But if they do, honestly, if they're going to do this no disqualification match for the TNT title, it just feels like this is Adam. Adam's going to win, but it's going to maybe bring back Jack Perry and the turn of Luchasaurus and we get jungle express back and playing the role of Marco stunt is one Adam Copeland. Why is Jack Perry a baby face though? Why not? Because he used real glass. He dared to use real glass when others wouldn't let it. He's not a, no, he's not, he's not going to be a baby. He's going to come in. They're going to boo him. He's going to tease siding with Christian cage and they're just going to do what they did at wrestle dream. And instead it's going to be, he, he, turns on christian cage with like he doesn't join christian cage he decides to align himself with adam copeland there you go this sounds terrible i don't it want does, but i don't think it's i don't think they have much else for jack perry right now i don't want jack perry and luchasaurus back together like that kind of ran its course even his heels but now you're talking baby fate no i don't want any of that 
It's not like they have much of a tag division left. Who are the tag team champions? Uh, Big Billy Starks. Oh, right. It's not good that like it took me a second to. I'm sure if I like racked my brain a little bit, I could have. I could have remembered. Yeah. Who who are the tag teams? FTR. They still around. Yeah. House of Black yeah. minus Birdie House King. Black. I don't know who's baby faces and who's heels and that. They just kind of yes. like all don't like each other. Yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, top flight when Action Andretti's not around. Um, yeah. Penta and Phoenix, but Phoenix is injured. Slash Visa. They claimed they're back. Yeah, they they're, they're back. Are. So you take Daddy Ass out of the equation and then you get the acclaim back. Uh, LFI, yeah. there's there's 50 of them. So two of them could probably be a tag team. Uh yeah, 2.0, did you know Parker and, and Menard? Yeah, they right? lose a lot. So do most of the people we're talking about. Yeah, the tag division is is there. It's definitely there. Workhorsemen, someone brought up. They they've been on AEW. They're there. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they they get the Hardys. They lose a lot. They also hell, there. They might, even, they might even lose tonight on Rampage. Who knows? No uh, against, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm just saying they have a match. Uh, Sammy Hagar, but Sammy's out. That's not happening. <laughs> the Outrunners, they show up. Yeah, I see that. There, uh, yeah. Best, best friends, but one of them is injured, so that's that's not happening. Um, wow. The, the the Nemeths, I'm sure, will be a tag team. The Kingdom. <laughs> the Nemeths. I don't know if they're going to be a tag team. The there righteous. are a lot of teams that are there. They've been they've been focusing a lot on the the singles with the continental classic so like dark it, order it, the, the, the putty showed up this past wednesday in the in the mjf yeah, that segment we'll talk about that in a sec we'll get we'll right. to that uh we're, actually you know what let's just start there <laughs> let's just start there uh mimosa joe and uh and mjf mm-hmm. what's funny is that mjf went from having that segment to then having a really really solid one with swerve and we'll get yeah. to that point but let's talk in ring <laughs> They're going to challenge for some reason. The devil only wants the ROH tag team champions chips because it's because that's what you want. If you're the devil, you want you don't want the world title, you want the ROH tag team championships, the symbol of friendship you're coming after. Uh, so yes, uh, and and the the uh, what did they call them? What did the 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 dark order call them back in 2019? The what were the the minions that would come out for the dark order when they were all I do not remember. But you know what I'm talking about, right? When Dark sure. Order would just have masked individuals come out and beat people down. That <laughs> this the Phantom not, punches, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The creepers, creepers, creepers. Apparently creepers. creepers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically the creepers came back on Thursday. Uh and Wednesday. It was Wednesday, the show was. So yes, the putties, the the creepers, the dark order. They what do you think of this segment? Because there was a lot going on and just a lot of convoluted devil worshiping. It wasn't good because like they came out. There's more of them now than ever. So now it feels like the people behind the mask aren't actually the people they're going to use, which we, like, I don't think that's great. Um, but the, the my main issue with it was the devil is like, it was the same bit they did two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where it's like, hey, we want to do a tag team match. But then they challenged him to the tag team match and then they accepted and then they took out MJF. So, but now they're just doing that again. It's like, hey, let's do a tag team match. It, it, it just feels like they're rehashing what they did three weeks ago when they already took out MJF before the match two weeks ago. And now they're just going to do it again. And my biggest issue with this is that 
MJF and Samoa Joe have a match for the world title at the pay-per-view a week from Saturday. And they're going to team together to defend the ROH titles against the devil on Wednesday. I'm not super sold on MJF and Samoa Joe as like a pay-per-view main event right now. I don't really, I'm not like the, their first promo confrontation was really good when Samoa Joe was like, all right, I'm, I watched your back. I want my title match now. And MJF is like, let's do it right now. And Joe's like, you're banged up right now. Like, I don't want any excuses. I want to beat your ass when you're a hundred percent. Like, Oh, this is good right here. This is good. And ever since then, it's been kind of just downhill. Cause like they're friends, but not friends. And the, then the devil's involved. And like, I'm not really, I'm not interested in Joe versus MJF outside of the fact that like, I like Samoa Joe and I want Samoa Joe to win. But if I'm just, like that's the only interest I have is I'm I'm a Samoa Joe fan. They haven't done anything to like actually make me interest in the match. Yeah, the, the finals of the Continental Classic definitely feels more like a main event bout than Joe and MJF because they're the, worried about the devil. Well, the problem is if the devil reveal is happening at World's End, then that AEW World Title match should be the main event. You cannot it go will off be. the air. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You can't go off the air a second show in a row without doing something to bring up the devil. And there's the other things that it doesn't have to be because you can, the, the whole point of the C2 or the whole point of the, uh, the continental classic championship or sorry, the AW continental championship, triple crown, whatever, is that you have to build this title. So making it the main event immediately gives it a little bit more prestige than it's coming in with. And again, the people in the match would also warrant that reaction so like there is there is an argument to have the c2 finals as the actual last match going on but i'd rather see the world title go on because a it's the world title and b you have a bigger story that's been going on since before well since all in really well the devil reveal is the is basically the main event that's what you're yeah essentially tuning in for here is like who is the devil I think there is interest in Joe and MJF just because like, I'm not high on it outside of just, I like Samoa Joe doesn't mean other people aren't. And if you are more power to you, but like the thing that they're largely selling on television is who is the devil? Not so much watch Samoa Joe go after and try to end MJF's big reign. Watch MJF. Can he continue this historic reign? And it feels like he is because we go backstage after the devil thing. MJF pulls up a uh, a cloth that looks like a mask and he confronts Prince Nana and out comes Swerve. You think MJF would realize, by the way, that, uh, you know, Swerve has been wearing a ski mask for a lot of his entrances. So, uh, you know, it's Man, entirely possible. He watch the show. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> MJF doesn't keep up with things. So MJF and Swerve have a little uh, back and forth in the back. This And this was good. You know, it... It went a little long, in my opinion. They probably could have cut out the whole, like, Max suddenly just singing Swerve's theme and trying to do the dance. That part was weird to me. It took me out for a second. But other than that, you know, this is setting... Anyway, so from there... Stop it. Then you would probably have, you know, MJF and Swerve sometime in 2024, and it would be great. Um but is it a title match? Is is it for the title? My opinion is yes, it should be. I'm more sold on MJF and Swerve and MJF and Hangman than I am MJF and Joe after these confrontations the past 
couple of weeks, I'm like, which oh. Is, which is a problem, by the way, because we just brought this up with Keith Lee and Swerve. And it's like, well, if you're going to do Swerve and Keith Lee potentially at World's End, then you just told me who's out of the Continental Classic. And we know that Swerve's in a three-way and it's going to be the Gold League final there. But like to me, it feels like you're like you're kind of going you're putting the cart before the horse almost literally in this case and that's that's where my brain's at yeah i don't i mean swerves in the finals of this of the continent the league finals next week i don't feel like he's gonna win uh i'm sold on jay white and eddie kingston being the the finals matchup for continental classic but yeah, I'm. I I I look forward to MJF and Swerve and MJF and Hangman after these confrontations more than anything right now. And like you can do all of this kind of without the devil stuff, but it's good that they're like actually having these guys go face to face and like actually giving you a taste of this because AEW one of the big complaints was like you're holding off on stuff that you got right in front of you and you can't afford to hold off because you never know what's going to happen. Like you thought you had time with. CM Punk and Brian Danielson and CM Punk and Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson. It's like you did the first match between those two, but then we ain't seen it since. And now who knows? Like, I hope they get a chance to do it again, but it would really suck if we never get a Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson rematch. And that's a real possibility because you, you just never know. Um, so I do like they're finally like, Oh yeah, let's do MJF and Swerve and MJF and Hangman because these are top matches that people want to see right now. And Swerve's one of the hottest people they got in the company. I said this on, on Twitter, and I'll repeat it here. I think Swerve's the MVP for AEW. I'm not talking just on-screen stuff, where he's been fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Like, his matches have been great. His promos have been great. His character is awesome. But, like, he does a lot of media. He has a lot of crossover appeal. Like, Swerve is a guy that, like, puts AEW out there more than a lot of AEW people are getting themselves out there and i don't overlook that in in especially the, the line of work that, that i do um so yeah i think serves the mvp i love this confrontation between each other uh i hope it leads to a match i assume it'll lead to a match i don't i think swerve should be the guy to like i ain't mad if he's the guy that takes it I also ain't mad if Samoa Joe's the guy to take it. I still think Hangman is lurking in all this. Wardlow is in. And like He's there as well. He wants to go after the devil. He's going to bring the devil to his knees. They got to stop they, with those Wardlow pro- No, no. Those Wardlow promos are awful because all he's doing is saying, yeah, no, I'm part of the devil crew. It's, isn't it obvious? Come on. I'm going after the devil. Hey, guys, we got to find the devil. I'm with the devil, by the way. Th- those promos aren't really hidden. And I love Wardlow. Sent him a tweet yesterday that he retweeted. Found his found his his uh his 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 action figure in a Toys R Us. That's what he always wanted. And I was able to find that and I sent it to him and I was like, hey big man, here's your Toys R Us figure. See, I I like that like MJF has like multiple challengers and so I think the devil stuff almost gets in the way of all of this. Like I don't need this big who done it type of thing. You want people gunning after the world champion? Good. Everybody should be gunning after the world champion like i like that story i don't need the the whodunit surrounding in it especially because it's lasted this long like if, if they if they had cut this off at uh at the last full gear then it's a little bit different but like now we're going on the over two months with this thing it's just eh. I, this I'm, is- I'm over i'm over the devil stuff yeah, well, Chesham sent a super chat saying i'm sorry the devil thing is not hitting for me now it feels like it's been going on a month too long and like so I understand that. 
And I also agree with it to a certain degree, but I'm also willing to give AEW a little bit more grace given the fact that you had your guy, you had Adam Cole go down with injury, and now you've got MJF who was injured. He's banged up and he's working through it. But like, it's still, it messes up your storytelling. It messes up your flow. This is something, Jeremy, you and I have talked about before, and that is the ability to pivot and whether or not Tony Khan and whoever's doing creative with him make that decision and how they make it. And it seems like every time they do it, they want to stay as close to the original plan as possible and not, and, and always come back to it. So they're willing to like almost forego a change of plans in a timely manner instead of, or they're, they're willing to forego those plans in, in lieu of doing just like, we'll stretch it out as long as we need to. And that doesn't always work. And that's why after, you know, after full gear, people are kind of like, well, I'm ready for this to be over. And I get that, but I'm willing to give them the grace because they're trying to do something. Sometimes it works, but like what they did on Wednesday with the, the ROH tag title thing, that doesn't work for me because they're just replaying the thing that they did a few weeks ago where it was supposed to be a tag team match, not for the ROH tag titles. Now it is. And we're just giving two random people a tag title match against the the one half of the title holder and the guy who's facing for the, the world title in AEW in the match. It's just, it's very convoluted and it gets a little long in the tooth. What I also didn't like is the acclaimed on Saturday are like, we're on a search and destroy mission to go after the people who attacked us. And then they don't show up on Wednesday. The devil's been on Wednesday, like every single week. They don't Saturday. Maybe the you're, acclaimed you're, are part of the, they're, maybe they're part of the group and they're just trying to play it off to too. themselves. Uh, yes. It's <laughs> just, Using AI, they attacked themselves, <laughs> sent themselves through the window. I'm just like, what? You guys know, like the devil always shows up on Wednesday. He's been on Saturday, like one time. You guys got attacked on Wednesday. Like that was a Wednesday show, not a Saturday show. What are we doing here? And it's just, they didn't show up on Wednesday. I guess, you know, they got, they got a big title match uh, against uh, top flight and action and So I guess they had to prepare for that. The devil doesn't, doesn't matter as much. Um, yeah. The devil stuff ain't, ain't fully for me. Hopefully they stick the landing on the reveal. And then hopefully they do a, you know, have a good follow-up after the reveal, but they, they got some really good stuff with, the non-devil stuff like MJF and yeah. Swerve, MJF and Hangman, MJF and Joe, I do like like as a match. I just don't think the build to that particular match has been great. Um, and I think it's you gotta Yeah. And I, I think you gotta like coming out of this devil storyline, and I assume it will, you gotta really establish where MJF is as far as babyface and heel. I know that like our scumbag type of thing. But like he's confronting Hangman, who is should be the most pure babyface in the company. He's confronting Swerve, who is basically the most pure heel in the company. Maybe Christian, but like that's the most pure heel as the company. Like you gotta establish after this which side MJF is really going to fall on. If he's the devil, that obviously makes him the heel. If he's not the devil and it's Adam Cole, then it you know. I assume that would make MJF more on the baby face side. I don't know if the like our scumbag thing is like fully, fully clicking. Like MJF gets a good reaction and everything, but AEW does a, does, I don't want to, I want to say a bad job. AEW has a lot of guys that like people just cheer for, even though they're bad people because they're good wrestlers. 
And I think that can just sometimes be lost and, and affect things a little bit. And they, they need to establish MJF on which side he's going to, to be on. Because I think having a clear, I'm going to cheer for this guy, I'm going to boo this guy, especially when it's the world champion, works better. What works better to you? Turning MJF to go to a swerve title defense and having swerve as the baby face or keeping MJF as this hotline tweener. Bling. No tweener. We're not Miss Kate talking about Drake again. We're not doing this two shows in a row. Uh, instead he's playing, he's playing basically the role he is, but he's still being that fire guy who says whatever he wants and says, I'm a scumbag. I can get away with it. Would you rather, would you rather basically a turn for swerve? And a turn a hardline turn for for MJF, or do you want to keep things the way they are? But Swerve is probably going to get cheered over MJF. I I like Swerve as a pure heel. Like I don't think Swerve wants to be a babyface. The problem is, is like people love the Nana dance, and so he's going to get cheered in that. But Swerve's actions say heel, and I think MJF MJF can work as a baby face, but again, you got to give him good heels to work there. And like the, the whole Adam Cole stuff was Adam Cole was as pure of a baby face as MJF. So that, that made MJF a baby face. Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe's a heel. Let's be honest about things. Samoa Joe, it, but people just cheer Samoa Joe because they love Samoa Joe. I'm one of them. Um, and so that kind of makes MJF, a little more heelish and then you're confronting hangman that makes him heelish but you're confronting swerve that makes a baby face uh I, I don't know like i you gotta you gotta find this divide there you gotta you gotta you gotta find it and you gotta do a good job of uh, really establishing it and uh, what's the what's the word i'm looking for really establishing it and like getting people to react a certain way on this kind of stuff. Cause if everybody gets cheered and nobody gets booed, that almost defeats the point of professional wrestling. It's true. And actually that's why Soluble brought up this point. I think this is great. That's how our fan base is. That's the AEW fan base is. That's why MJF is what he is now. He is the, our scumbag is literally how every heel, not every, but many of the heels in AEW are perceived. They're too cool, and therefore you want to like them because they wrestle in a way that's so cool that you have to respect and like and cheer for them. And we talk about this. Like, that's the problem sometimes with wrestling is that if everyone's over, if everyone's over, then nobody's over. And over in, like, the cheering sense. If nobody's booed, then everyone's cheered. Then there's no story. There's no there's no movement in the way that you're telling stories. That, that's why you've got to establish these things through actions and again i think it's not swerve's fault that he's a great wrestler and people want to cheer him because swerve is a heel people and he tries to get people booing him so that's why i give swerve full marks on that regard he does he 100 percent does and so like that you know it's not swerve's fault for that professor saying it started with the end of it did but like you knew the nwo were bad guys like they weren't they were cool they tried to be cool but all their actions said heel and that's fine. Like MJF, some of his actions say babyface. Some of his actions say heel. Again, Swerve very much actions say heel. If he gets cheered because he's cool, he gets cheered because he's cool. But as a, as a company, 
you got to establish, you got to try to establish like who the actual baby face is and who the actual heel is. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. That's something that uh, <laughs> Brit was a heel too. Fans just didn't care. <laughs> it's true. It, yeah. That's, that's something that I, that I hope that in 2024, AEW does have their wrestlers work harder on. And I'm positive. I, I can say this almost with certainty without confirming it with anybody. The coaches are almost certainly trying to tell these these wrestlers like go out there get booed if you're the bad guy like go out there get get booed find a way to get heat do it the way it's supposed to be and some of them will do it and some of them won't it's all up to the wrestlers and how they you know how they uh they they portray themselves uh you know julia hart's another one that has is is a heel and yet she has been cheered a lot for her work and because people like to see the background like she's gotten so much better so it's it's very it's very interesting it's because we <laughs> there you go never in my life would i've imagined fans including myself cheering on a guy who did a home invasion threatened an infant hung a man by a chain in front of about 12,000 people but here we are yeah I mean, it, it's true though like i like swerve I, but his actions are a heel yeah christian's the only person who actually gets booed because uh, he goes out of uh, his way to make you boo him does you need that and it's i think this is where sports this is where like no offense to the wrestling style but if you're a heel sometimes your wrestling style has got to just be toned down a little bit because fans are always going to cheer for the cool moves so sometimes you don't got to do the cool moves to get the cheers like you almost got to wrestle a more boring style and i know that sucks but you almost got to wrestle that way so like you don't get cheered for this kind of stuff. And again, that could be difficult. But th- th- this is I'm not saying anything that like I sound like one, one of these older wrestlers. Literally the older wrestlers always say this kind of stuff. Listen to any Billy Gunn interview who is back there in AEW who's one third of a trios champion right now. Billy Gunn will tell everyone who is willing to listen of like you don't got to do all this cool stuff to get all of these cheers you can give them less and actually get the reaction you are looking for when it comes to this and then when you do this cool stuff it'll make you'll get more out of it again like i sound like an old person when when i'm saying this but like i get the point of that i truly truly do because like wrestling has in a lot of ways gone into like justified this is awesome chance and it's like all right cool like we're getting justified this is awesome chance but the basis of pro wrestling is babyface heel good guy bad guy and sometimes the good guy can have bad tendencies and sometimes the bad guy can have good tendencies type of thing but you always knew who to cheer for and who to boo they made that very clear in all their actions yeah and it's it's something that wrestling needs to continue working on, and that is building how you get booed or how you get cheered and how you make the audience care about your character. This is this is what's funny about wrestling to me is that I, I've made this illusion before. It's like you're it's it's athletes or drama nerds are wrestlers. There's there's almost no in between. And when there is crossover, it's very special in terms of like there's athletic drama nerds like Kevin Owens, for example, who He's, ne- he's never been a football player. He's never been a, a, a 
baseball player. He's never been an athlete in the traditional sense. He's always been a guy who was really into wrestling and into storytelling. And as a result, the characters he plays, he's able to bring those to life and make people feel a certain way based on how he is portraying the character. And then you get guys like, I don't know, uh, let's use Wardlow, for example. Wardlow was a an athlete. He was a bodybuilder before wrestling. He's not an excellent storyteller. He's trying, God knows. But like, it, but no, it's but it's true. He's like he's a guy who comes in. He's a big maybe he's a bad example because he comes in. He's a big bad Goldberg type, and he's like he could beat your ass, and that's a character. But like, it's not being portrayed further than that. But I think you know what I'm trying to say here. You have drama nerds, and then you have athletes, and sometimes the athletes struggle to find the drama nerd inside of them that can get the story out. Christian Cage, drama nerd. <laughs> Adam Copeland, like athletic drama nerd. Uh, Mr. Rilla Press says hello. Happy holidays, fellas. Happy holidays, buddy. Happy holidays to you. Uh, and I I will just add this. Will Chisholm saying, Well, uh, look at Gunter, fans respect him, but they still hate him. Drama nerd. (laughs) Gunter used to be much larger. I'm just saying, when he dialed in that diet, he got real, real, uh, uh, not Jack because he's not. He was always a big dude. Now he's just he's he's felt. He's like he's built. So some people are asking, like, what's the epitome of a modern heel and a modern babyface? WWE does this really well, and because like Drew McIntyre, we've talked about Drew before, and we talked about his promo from Raw and Seth promo from Raw. Drew McIntyre is a heel, but a lot of what he's saying might be babyface, kind of like. Uh, mannerisms, babyface actions, babyface wantings, but he his actions say heel, and the his delivery says heel as well. So that Drew feels like a modern type of heel. Even Roman, like I, I know Roman only shows up every couple of months, but like Roman does like the acknowledge me type of thing. And sometimes he'll get cheered, like so. You know, he'll he'll break a little on stuff, but like all of his actions scream heel, and he's good at getting the crowd to hate him with the actions as well. Pure babyface. I mean, nobody's booing Rey Mysterio. No one's Nobody, booing. Sam, Sammy Zayn is about as pure as you get when it comes to a babyface. And, and by well. the way, what's funny about Sammy Zayn? Sorry to cut you off. Is that with Sammy, Sammy's heel version is literally what they've said is him when he's like being obnoxious and very like nitpicky. He just he just dialed that up. Someone called him like I think it was in his Renee Paquette interview called it a uh, he called he called it like Larry David or Vince McMahon called him Larry David t- turned up to a thousand because of OCD or just his general like way of being. So like when Sammy Zayn went heel. It was just him being more obnoxious versions of himself. Whereas his baby face, he's just a much, he's taking the nice parts of himself, the the relatable versions of himself, and he's throwing those out there for the audience to cheer for. Why well, is saying Hangman felt like, I've been saying yeah. for months that Hangman should be like the most pure baby face on that show. And when they do it, they do it well with it, with Hangman. The problem is they do it and then you don't see Hangman for two months, and then he just goes away. I think Kenny Omega could have been, should have been a very pure babyface for the company. 
and he got caught with the Jericho stuff. And now he's uh, unfortunately he he's out and best wishes to Kenny Omega. Hope uh, he's, he's healthy sooner rather than later. Um, I think Kenny Omega could have been that guy. I do. I do think like too many wrestlers just, they want to be the cool heel and it, they, they're going to wrestle a certain style. I think Eddie Kingston is about as pure of a baby face in the AEW world as you're almost going to get. Because Eddie Kingston is going to tell you how he feels. He is going to put action behind everything. He might be a dick about stuff, but you believe all of his story. You believe his story, and so you want to cheer for him. I think Eddie Kingston, truthfully, might be one of the most modern AEW babyfaces. Yeah, we've said this before. We'll say it again. He he is him and and Eddie Kingston. It's okay, so Will Chisholm sent a super chat, and this is this is very WWE based for the baby faces and heels conversation, but it, it kind of plays into what we've been talking about. Cody, white meat baby face. Jey Uso, cool baby face, because he did come over from being a total dick heel, and he's found a little bit of himself as a good guy and doing the yeet and you know saying things here and there that that sometimes are questionable, but he's trying to be a, a cool white meat baby face. Uh, Sami Zayn is a hard times baby face. That's interesting. I don't know if I hundred percent agree with that, but it's there. Seth Rollins is a weird baby face. Well, it's because he kind of goes tweener. But they, going back to Monday, we talked about this. The promo with with Drew Rollins did that thing where he's like, "I don't give a shit about your story. This is about me. Like this is this is my title. This isn't you. This is my title, and I'm gonna win." But he's still the baby face, and it's beyond people just singing his song. Uh, and that's what people like. They like all types of baby faces, and they like all types of heels. And I think Will Chisholm kind of nails it. Is that they do like that? There is a way to have the audience and different pieces of your audience like different characters and like different styles. The problem is when <laughs> everybody is playing the same style of character or presentation of character, that's when it gets lost in the shuffle. And that's when you don't, that's when nobody gets over is when everybody's over with the same style of gimmick. So I, you know, people are talking about like the, the attitude era and people like to cheer for the anti-hero um, like Steve Austin. Steve Austin had heel actions. It, the Rock, it, it, like Mick Foley, pure babyface type person, right? Like that was a guy, underdog story type of thing. But like Austin, kind of a dick in a lot of ways, would stun anybody in his way. The difference is like Austin had the most heelish character of all time to play off of. You can have that kind of babyface. You just need that big time type of heel to really play off of. And AEW doesn't really like Christian is only that guy right now. And they ain't putting their top baby face against Christian. They're putting Adam Copeland against him. And even Adam Copeland comes off like, at least in, in the beginning, somebody who didn't watch the product and just was trying to hold on to some glory days. And I didn't really, I'm biased against Copeland though. I'm not the person to like, speak about adam copeland i've i at least i make that very clear uh baby face in a lot of regards here when it comes to adam copeland um like they they don't have that like pure and maybe this is the devil will be that person maybe the devil will be the, the devil will be like that big time heel that you just cannot cheer for no matter what and then you can get that big pure baby face who might be a little heelish, but you're still going to cheer for him because the devil 
is the ultimate heel in this. And they do that, like more power to him. MJF was sort of that, that heel person, like no matter what, because Brian Danielson, like kind of a baby face, kind of a heel came out of the heel tunnel, but like had baby face actions and stuff. When he was facing MJF, you knew MJF was the bad guy. That was, you didn't want to cheer for this guy at all. He was an absolute dick. So Brian Danielson was the baby face, even though he was kind of a heel. You need like the, the really strong heel to establish that baby face, even if that baby face does have some heel tendencies. Let's catch up on a couple of super chats. Uh, Gorilla Press also said AEW is attempting to show that the shows aren't completely separate, which is why they moved the story to Collision Saturday, not a separate brand. And it's true. The devil's just a Wednesday thing because it's sports entertainment-y, and then collision doesn't get that meanwhile ftr and house of black do their thing on saturdays it's it's a brand split that's not a brand split it's like a story split i like that i prefer a story split than a hard brand split as long as the stories are cohesive and make sense on the brands or on the the shows that they're that they're doing it on i i listened to an interview with daddy magic shout out to matt menard he's very funny um and like they they do have the the separate they're not separate fully brands but you know who you, you're going to see FTR on Saturdays. You're going to see House of Black on Saturdays. The leagues are separate and stuff. Like that's completely fine. Yeah, my issue with like the acclaimed is like if you're going to tell me you're going after the devil, you probably want to show up on the show that the devil's on every single week. Like I'm fine didn't if watch, you don't. Then I watch the product. That's all. I'm fine if like you don't have a full on like brand split and stuff bleeds over. Like, but it's got to bleed over and make sense. And some of the stuff didn't make sense. By the way, I think you could do a good brand split. I think just because WWE has done a bad brand split for years, decades at this point, people think like, oh, a brand split doesn't work. You can do it. You just got to put some effort into it. And WWE clearly doesn't. And AEW, they don't have the hard brand split. So like, I don't know how they would do. I... I don't want to beat on that horse again, but just you do it in sports style, like presentation. I think you could really do a strong brand split, but no one, no one wants to put the time and effort into it. Have you considered that maybe they could do it if they put their back into it? I, maybe that's a good song. All right. Just making sure. Uh, you put your first. ass into it. Oh yeah. There's that. Shake your ass. Watch yourself. Tell me what you're working with. Show me what you're working with. Uh, Chattown's verse says there's only, uh, there's always going to be someone injured. You just can't wait. Uh, or you can't just wait. How many big AEW stories have had totally meaningless endings because Tony decided to wait? Feels like most of them this year. It's a good point. It's something you and I have talked about. This is going back to the conversation about who is the devil and whether it's Adam Cole or if it's going to be MJF or it's going to be someone completely different because of the way that injuries have played out for the last year. That's something that I really hope that gets worked on in 2024 with AEW is that if you have to pivot, you pivot in a way that's more meaningful than just, we'll get back to it. Or we're going to take the long way around and come right back to it. There's got to be a way to make it so that people are still engaged with the story while still being given something meaningful in it. The injuries are going to always screw things up and we've talked about like it's how you pivot around those injuries and sometimes like any company really doesn't always do the best job of doing it because you have plans and then you uh, an injury happens and then you got to revert and you got to do something else 
my thing is always just listen to the crowd. They're going to tell you what they want. And everyone says all of this of like, we listen to our audience. That was the big Stephanie McMahon thing for years when they clearly were not listening to the audience. We listen to our audience. We give them what they want. It's like the fans right now are telling you Swerve Strickland's basically the hottest act in the company. So I'd probably do something with Sir Swerve Strickland. Swerving Keith Lee is going to be hilarious. I, like if it's a one-off match and they just do it and they get it over with to to do it, then fine, cool. I'm 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 okay with it. Uh, it's not something that like. I would have Swerve occupy his full time. I mean, Swerve even said in an interview, and like maybe he's playing character a little bit, but he even said, like, I'm focused on gold. Keith Lee's focused on me. It's like, yeah, even again, maybe a little character-ish, but even on in these interviews, they're dropping hints of what they're actually feeling. And I think even Swerve knows like yeah, this is a little, I'm kind of past this. And like, he's, he's coming after me because I'm elevated up here. And what's he been doing this past year? He's been down here. Like I I'm past this dude. So if if they're going to do it to tie it up, swerve wins moves on. Cool. I'm okay with it. If they're going to do it and Keith Lee's going to win. And then you're going to knock swerve down. Then we got issues. We also won't have issues if you leave a thumbs up on the video. Uh, Alan Mark sent a super chat saying, here's the thought. Have future C2 triple crown champions versus the upcoming All Japan Alliance champions, TK Book It. Listen, if they do it, I'm all for it. If you have the uh, the AJPW triple crown champions take on the AEW triple crown champion, then uh, I love it. We'll do it. Uh, if someone gets all six titles, we're going to get to that ultimate warrior spot. Uh, and, and by the way, going back to Swerve and Keith Lee, so because we're going to talk about the triple threat, that's happening in the Gold League next week. Mock Swerve and Jay White. Swerve and Lee, someone had mentioned in the chat, you know, what if Keith Lee comes out and costs Swerve the title? At that point, this is so this is like why I think this is funny and why I know it won't happen. Tony said, you get involved, you're suspended, and that's it. Are you suspended indefinitely or are you suspended to the end of the year? Because if it's the end of the year, then it's just another it's a week off. But let's just assume that it's indefinitely. Uh, having Keith Lee come out and cause Swerve the match and then eventually and then immediately get suspended is the most hilarious way to have Honey Dick the match that people have talked about, but they haven't done yet. And that's just one way to get to it and then take it all away. I don't think they're doing it. I wouldn't be surprised if Keith Lee gets involved after the bell, after a winner is announced, and then Swerve and Lee set up whatever match they're doing at World's End, assuming Swerve doesn't win the match. Uh, your thoughts on, on all of that stuff? I don't want any of it, is my thought. I don't want the devil getting involved in this match just because MJF talked to Swerve. I don't want Keith Lee getting involved. I want the winner to win, and then that be that be that and the i assume this will be the main event of wednesday's show i want jay white john moxley swerve Strickland to win go off the air watch him on saturday compete against the winner of the friday match for the aw continental roh world new japan strong championship that's what i want i don't want anything else if you're going to set up a swerve and keith lee match set it up on on saturday or friday i guess technically on collision like just have if swerve is losing this tournament and he's gonna face 
Keith Lee at World's End. Swerve loses on Wednesday. Friday, Keith Lee issues the challenge. Is just like, hey, Swerve, saw you lost. Guess you don't have plans for Saturday. Why don't we finally settle this? Nana's there, except, or Tony Khan makes it official. You do the match. I don't want any bullshit on Wednesday with the devil or Keith Lee or any other adjacent story from the, the three guys in the Cottonwood Classic. I don't really like that this is a triple threat. I don't really I don't, love it. I, 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 like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think I, I don't know if I was the first person, but like last Wednesday when I was doing the scenarios, I'm like, oh, I this could be a triple threat. And like I really talked myself into the idea of it being a triple threat. I'm a, I'm in agreement with you, honestly. Like I don't like it either. And I really won't like it if they the other if the Saturday league is also a triple threat, because then it's like half the people in this field get to the league finals. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And that yeah. Like, Okay, you want to do it once? Fine. I don't want this to be like a habit, though. I want the one-on-one finals in the league because I, I think that it's been a one-on-one tournament this whole time. Like, settle it one-on-one uh, in in that fashion in the league finals. And, and someone in the chat mentions the uh, the draw. That was something that a lot of people were waiting to happen. And it could still happen on, on Saturday. Is the draw that one thing that was, was the draw, the red herring all along? Was that the one thing that we all thought was going to happen, but didn't again, this, this continental classic is something that AEW doesn't want to do once and forget again. They are, they're talking about it next year. So they don't want to blow their load all in one go, but at the same time, you know, a draw is okay. There are draws in the G1 every year. It's just, that's something that happens. They did, they, they seem to not be doing one this time. Sure, that's fine. But like you said, like ha- half of the Gold League is going to the final of the, the Gold League, you know, the Gold League uh, field is going to the final. So there's that. I also don't love that, uh, you know, after everything was said and done, there weren't really any upsets. And that was something that I kind of really wanted to see coming out of this this tournament was that it was you can almost tell who was going to get win based on who was in there. Once the, the, once they started rolling with it, it was like, Oh, okay. The, 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 I think Wade Keller said this. And I think it was very funny. It was very, a very apt for an AW situation. He would love to know. And we're never going to know who, who, who gets paid what in the continental classic in the field, who's getting paid the most and like how their wins associate to that. So like how much does Jay white get paid? How much does Mox get paid? And whoever gets paid more happens to be the winner that week. So there was like a little bit of that. Basically your higher pay wrestlers are the ones who are winning and the ones who are lower paid are the ones who are taking the L's. And that's really how it played out. Uh, so that was kind of obnoxious, but you know, again, first round that they're doing this, I know that they're going to do it better the next round. I hope they do, but the three way, I think it's a little unnecessary. I think it could have just been, you know, Moxley and Jay White, or so just just could have been Jay and somebody else. And then other people are saying in the chat, you know, uh, they're trying to to save Mox or save Swerve from a pinfall. Uh, you can lose. It's okay to lose. Like we they, have, they lost in this tournament. They both exactly. lost in this tournament. Like we have to get okay. We have to be okay with losing, just like the world has to get okay with arguing again. That's a whole other conversation I had last week with somebody. It's like we have to be okay with disagreeing and having arguments and knowing that it's not personal. And like the same thing should be happening 
with wins and losses yet do they matter ultimately yes they should matter in wrestling and yes they should matter in sports but a loss here a loss there even two in a row that builds character that builds for later storytelling like it's being on a tear all the time doesn't work so it's okay to take an l okada lost to to bronson reed to big jonah rock and now we get to make that joke every single week on raw but the point is okada loses everybody loses and it's okay in the g1 you come back and the winner the only thing that matters is the person who wins not the person you know in the round robin tournament taking you know taking a, a victory every week so I, I just kind of felt like getting to a triple threat was a bit convoluted just because they didn't want to have some people lose and daniel garcia is getting more over and he's losing every match because people recognize the story with daniel garcia like you you can get over in a loss brian danielson will lose all the time he doesn't care he ain't getting Nobody's saying like Brian Danielson is getting buried and all of this stuff. Uh, the the no upsets thing. It depends on your point of view of an upset. I didn't think Brody King was going to get as many wins as he did. I do think he's going to lose this uh, week against Garcia. I think this is going to be Garcia's big win um, against Brody. Do you consider that an upset? I don't know. I think the, the term upset comes in is like if you thought Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, daniel garcia would beat somebody because i think anybody else i don't know if i fully consider them an upset like jay white beating john moxley is not really an upset to me especially because you're getting to the triple threat match anyway like i see jay white kind of on that i know people thought jay white's buried after uh full gear but like jay white was in the AEW world title main event could that have been booked better yes but let's not act like Jay White ain't like at the top of the card and can't beat John Moxley type of thing. So it depends on your like Yano will get a friggin' victory over John Moxley in the G1. That's an upset. Nobody's thinking Yano is going to win. Granted, he beats him by a count out because he ties his shoestrings together on the outside and whatnot. But like that is kind of an upset. Um, the G1 always does like the big upset on the first night and the the they didn't do that the first week. Like everything felt pretty chalk the first week. And then it stayed that way. <laughs> that was the thing is yeah. that it stayed that way. It, I mean, again, it depends on what, 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 who you think the, the big favorite is Jeff Valley driver. Like, I guess John Moxley was the favorite against Jay white. I see them more as like equals. And if you were going to get to a triple threat match, Jay white winning made sense. I didn't feel that was like this big, kind of upset there i think moxley going going over fully like just running through the tournament would have been a bigger upset i figure he's gonna lose at some point so it um depends on how big of an upset there's upsets yes but there's a difference between a thumbs up there's a difference between a minus 105 upset and a minus 400 upset yeah, that's fair. And again, now we're splitting hairs, um, but it is kind of worthwhile in this conversation. I just, I just want Jay White to win so I can say people I was right. <laughs> I think Jay White's gonna win. Like you, you've kind of sold me on that. I think it's gonna be Jay and Eddie Kingston in the finals. That's that's what I think. Um, well, I think they booked Eddie Kingston's run really strong of like losing, yes. having a fight from underneath, and then you know coming back to make it. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, coming back to make it to the league finals and then the finals finals and then 
facing Jay in the finals. Uh, we'll see if that's where they go. Um, but if, if it is, like, that's a good story with Eddie. There have been some good stories in this. People who, like, are just like, oh, it's just great matches and nothing else. Like, I don't know what you guys are watching. Like, there have been some really good stories on this. The post-match promo stuff has been really strong. I wish they do a little bit more on that. Um, I wish they would do a little bit more uh, on that on television, but they've done a good job on like social media and everything. Uh, I've lo- I've really enjoyed the the tournament. I hope they stick the landing on this. I'm gonna steal all of Jeff Valley Driver's ideas. Use Jeff them on Valley the show. a good dude. I'm sorry we're stealing your ideas, man. I'm not gonna steal everything from you. <laughs> says, says I like says I like NXT Black and Gold, but the problem was everyone was a badass and nothing else. Going back to our conversation about yeah, until Queens. Adam Cole was like, "You fucking suck in the ring." <laughs> poor Karrion Cross. I'm glad that the authors of Pain are coming back. Unrelated topic. Cody Wills into <laughs> Super Chat saying, "Merry Christmas, guys." Looking forward to Shelton Benjamin versus Nick Nemeth and Elevation X. But seriously, Shelton would look cool in would cook in TNA. Happy holidays. Thank you. What do you think Shelton Benjamin would cook in TNA? Would he cook a turkey? Would he cook a ham? What, what he'd be he good in TNA. Like he'd be he'd be what? fine. Like, you know, I I Shelton's 49. Like, let's not lose sight of the fact that he's a little bit up there in age and he could 30 eggs. And like he hasn't had a ton of ring time over the years. Like I like Shelton. I think Shelton's one of the bigger missed opportunities in in wrestling. But I'm also not naive to think that like Shelton Benjamin is just going to go out there and just have like great match after great match after great match. Just because like I haven't. What's like the last great Shelton Benjamin match? Is it, he, he hadn't had an opportunity, like unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's the big thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to ch- cage match, and I'm gonna just reset my Shelton Benjamin brain. My so I I'm I'm saying this as someone who just wants to keep expectations of like I don't want to I don't think that like Shelton is gonna go on and maybe he will and this would be great, but like my expectation is not Shelton Benjamin to just go on like this great five star classic run like ali who will get to ali i'm expecting that shelton i my expectations are just a little bit lower just because of age i don't know how much like i don't know if you saw that promo where he's like the godzilla waking he's like oh shit it's been three months i gotta find a job now like i don't know where shelton his head is at with a lot of this stuff. Like, does he want to go on this great run? Does he just want to go in, like kind of help out some young guys and just like have some okay matches. And I saw Reg, which was, um, which is, uh, uh, he made a good comparison of like, have Shelton just have like a two gold Scorpio run on like the Indies. It's like, yeah, two gold Scorpio is doing cool stuff on the Indies. I love two gold Scorpio. What Like his matches are super fun and stuff. And like, he's helping young guys and everything. But you're not like being like Tugol Scorpio just had another five star match here. It, it all just depends on like what they want to do. So first things first, Alan Mark said random brain fart. Whatever happened to Charlie Haas? Charlie Haas is facing our pal Vinny Pacifico real soon. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Charlie's still on the Indies. He's still working. Could you see a world's greatest tag team reunion? Who knows? That's up to them. Shell Benjamin towards the end of his WWE run was facing a lot of NXT talent and for and a lot of developmental talent or just people who are lower on the card. 
that video that he released, I'm sure he was having fun with it. But like, there's a certain amount of like, Godzilla is old. Godzilla is waking from his slumber. He wants to go get work. He wants to go do stuff. Shelton might just be cool with like going, taking some dates, becoming a player coach somewhere and, and hanging out. We don't know what his plans are. We don't know what his, what his expectations are coming out of, you know, 2023 and, and having been released again. He could go back to Japan and have a great run in New Japan and bring back the Intercontinental Championship. Who knows? But I would like to see him as a player coach somewhere. I would like to see him being able to impart some knowledge because he has that wrestling acumen. He can cut a promo. He can do the work. Um, but he was ne- he was never no- guy number one, but he was always, you know, the the treasured and hated good hand. So I think uh, he's got a lot of potential, a lot of opportunities. It's just what what he wants to do and where he wants to go. I, I think Shelton is, I'm not saying this to, to knock Shelton. Shelton is very useful in any company he goes to. If he wants to just go the independent scene and work with young guys and give them some pointers, help them out, he would be useful in that role. If he wants to go to Impact, TNA, New Japan, um, MLW, uh, even AEW, like if he wants just to go there and almost play like player coach type of role, he would be useful in that. I could see him if WWE offered him a coaching spot at the Performance Center. I could see him taking that and just being like, "Yeah, I'm good with that as well." Shelton has a lot of knowledge to impart on any company, any wrestler that he works with. I am just not expecting this. Like, here comes super great five star banger match, Shelton Benjamin run like he he's 49 i I don't want to put that expectation on him he's 49 he hasn't wrestled a lot most of his good matches were decade ago even two decades ago and i i just don't know what is the motivation thing and this is not exclusively to shelton by the way the motivation thing when it comes to these guys who get released guys and girls when they get released is a something no one ever like puts a lot of stock into there's some people are very motivated to go out prove wwe wrong have these great matches they want to i we'll talk about ali there but they want to go out there and really show i can make it without wwe and then other people are like i was in wwe that was where i wanted to be I don't really want to do anything else. Like I, I made it to where I wanted to be. It didn't work out for me. I'm, I'm just kind of cool if I like never am involved in wrestling. Like that's my niche. Just being in WWE is what I was good at. I'm not real. I, I can't go just have like five star, five star, five star type of match. Like I'm more of an entertainer type of person. I, I, I don't fully love using this example, but I'll use this example. Ryback. Remember when Ryback got released and people were like, Ryback's going to have this great indie run because he was doing like the flyback stuff in WWE. And people were like, they missed the boat on Ryback as well. He should have beaten Punk. He should have ended Punk's reign. Like how could they not see what they had in Ryback? And everyone thought they were going to have this great run. And then he turned out to be what he turned out to be. And now he's very rarely heard of. Like, you just don't know what the motivation is for these people after they get released. Well, we know the motivation. Oh, this guy's here. Hello? 
I want to know why you all aren't talking about the biggest point of 2023, which is that Roman Reigns is maybe the fifth best universal champion of all time. I don't know if we're about to talk about where, having to wear a vest or say bro a lot. Fifth! Wilt Chamberlain is ahead of him. Are you Are you crazy? Got it. Please, please, Lord. Please, Lord. Please help this man. Help Finn this Balor, man. first ever, best ever. Bill Goldberg. Go, who did Goldberg beat? Who? Tell me who the we fiend. beat. Tell me who we beat. The fiend. You're gonna come. They made maybe if you would have watched that show instead of getting your jokes off, you would have known. How you gonna compare him to the fiend? How? Because he see beat who him. Roman Reigns is beaten. You see who Roman Reigns is beaten? He beat an all-time great John Cena. No. Who who has he beaten great. in the last year? John Cena, all-time great. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, who ain't never lost. All-time great. Neither one of them beat Wilt. And then Wilt went home. He went home and he slept with 20 women. Wilt Chamberlain playing playing against men who was was in the the male offices from 9 to 5. And then they come in and they pick up a basketball. Fiend, two-time champion. Better. Better than John Cena? Are you crazy? Better. Is this man crazy? Better. Is this man crazy? Seven-day reign, one of the greatest reigns of all time. Better than the Romans' reign. Roman reigns. I was doing so well. I was enjoying my time away. I was enjoying my time off. This is great. Come back. I was ready to keep going. Yeah, I know. So is he. (laughs) Pull the curb back. He's still here. It's going to happen. Oh, Hey, how you doing? You have COVID? <laughs> I'm very sick. And that probably was not helpful for me. <laughs> listen, I, I've i had to listen to Mad Dog Chris Russo yell at me on MLB The Show for like seven years now. And now I got to hear that guy say <laughs> stuff like Shaq is the fifth best center of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? See, okay, funny enough, when we had Vince Russo on Fightful, which I was adamantly against, one of the things at the end of that run was he wanted us to manufacture arguments like that. He wanted us to pretend. He's like, that's what the audience wants. And I was like, what are you talking about? I I didn't get it. To me... It's funny for social media and viral clips to see Mad Dog Russo be like Shaq fifth best center, but every like everybody's reaction is the reactions that Jason Williams was giving him. Yeah, he's, that man was praying to God. He was praying to God that was saving. Couldn't him believe during it during that segment. Could not believe it. Oh man! But Bro. here I am. Just tried out a great new breakfast spot, IRL. I left the house today. Could you eat 30 eggs in like one waking day? No, absolutely not. That's what separates uh, the man from the beast. Who who does? 
D- Jeremy so, and I have decided we could do it. Have you, they, they, oh, there's this no. video going going around. It's on my timeline. There's this video going around of this woman. She's talking about her ex-boyfriend. They had a league punishment if you lost the, your fantasy football league, and it was to eat the, the eggs in your age. Uh, so it was like 30 eggs. And like he lost, and he had to do it. And she's like, it was the worst experience ever. He had Nick Chubb on his fantasy team this year, and he, you know, he blew out his knee. And so this man was like, like I'm going to lose this league again. I'm going to have to eat these eggs again. And she, she was like, this is very difficult. But she goes to all her guy friends and is like, 30 eggs. And all the guy friends are like, 30 eggs would be easy. That would be easy. And I'm thinking in my head, like, it doesn't feel that difficult. But then I'm reading all the comments and everybody's like, yeah, that's like a lot of calories. That's way more. And the, the wife is telling me this this is insane. Like you can't do this. This is absolutely. Do you insane. remember when people were trying to drink full gallons of milk back in the day? Yeah. In like an hour. Yeah. Good times. You remember, do you remember what happened? Not really. That's different. The ingestion period is, is different because the eggs are ingested over the span of your waking day. Pardon my language, but you all will be the fartiest motherfuckers <laughs> to ever exist. Fine. We work from home. We've been living with our partners. For That's the problem. Time. You're not going to have partners. <laughs> it's fine. They don't, they don't keep us on our. It's Get fine. them an air purifier at the very least. Like <laughs> something. In- I work in, an, in a separate room from everyone, so I could just open the window. We'll be Thank all right. You, you know how oxygen works. Crack the window, Sean, is what I said. I cracked the window. Oh you would burn alive if your house caught on fire. I just want to say that. You have no concept of science and the way that airflow and oxygen works. And 30 egg farts will be just as deadly. You might as well turn on your car in the garage because you will die. I'm gonna try it. This is a bad idea. This is what <laughs> leads to me being like, Gisberto, can you come work for a couple days? <laughs> That's what happens here. Year. I'm gonna do year. it. I'm gonna do it next Saturday during the AEW pay-per-view as well. So like I'm gonna be up late. Tony Khan's gonna give me the motivation to to do this as he's talking about what a great show they just had, you know, five hours ago. I'm gonna I'm I've gonna been, eat these eggs. I've been told you are being sent to the little tyke's house in the backyard. <laughs> I, just got, <laughs> I just got told that. <laughs> There's a scoop for you, Jeremy. I didn't even know this. Thank you for breaking that to me. <laughs> we only get yeah. the best scoops on this show as it discussed and discovered. <laughs> what is this? Uh, you know, people are saying it's not dairy, it's not dairy. Listen, guys, 30 eggs in a day. Are we talking like a 24-hour period, like 12 a waking day. A waking day. A so waking let's say day. you 16 day. hours, then you get, you know. Let, you, can eat, you can eat them however you want. Like, you can, yeah, you can scramble them. Yeah. Oh, that makes it so much different. <laughs> it does. Light and fluffy versus having a hard-boiled egg with a – it's the yolk that makes it the worst. But if it's if it's light and fluffy versus a, a hard-boiled egg, which oh, is – I'm nice. glad you thought about this, Joel. I'm real glad you <laughs> thought this through. It, it's obvious that you have a strategy. It's sound. Sean, the first 30 minutes of this episode is us planning out the 30-egg challenge we are working on. <laughs> If you want to know why this show is so damn successful, it's because the first 30 minutes are spent talking about eggs, sex with robots. Uh, I I believe that the only things that will have sex with you are robots. If you do this (laughs) and even then 
the robots <laughs> might say no. Skynet's going to take over and this stuff will be self-aware. <laughs> this is insane. This is a bad idea. You're not well, going to be able to do it. That's uh, challenge accepted, Sean. Botok. <laughs> <laughs> so are you are you all going to have nicknames? For this, Nickname. like oh. character, like the excellence of execution. Yeah, we, oh, we, yeah, did, we, did, yeah. Yeah. we did all the puns. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do that. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be all egg wrestling. It's fine, AEW. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very yoked, yoked. <laughs> eating all these eggs. Yeah, do it. Do the challenge with me, Sean. Let's uh, do this. As a uh, there team. is no chance that I do that. Like <laughs> I have like forgotten that I had any sense while eating for the last three weeks since, since this match and after Christmas, uh, getting back at it that way I can, uh, do a 90 minute Ironman match. It's what's my next goal. Wow. I, I respect that you're, you're going to keep doing matches. I'm trying to battle rap AJ Francis. I think saw that we're going to make that. I want you to pay him. Uh, I told him and I'll put it out there now. Like uh, the, the money would go to charity. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yep. I, any any money we get off of that for for the super chats, uh, we, we'd all go to charity. This wouldn't work <laughs> unless it was waffles. If it was waffles, all yeah. ego, yeah. all ego, all ego, Jeremy Waffle. Hmm. See, that's a, it's good. You wash down the eggs, eggnogs. That's that's two in one you, right there. You could go find forcible entry and get the Kid Rock uh, version of legs. He's got eggs. Oh. <laughs> It was an awful version of that song. Oh, it was very it. bad. The yeah. The album was great, though. I thought it was good. Did you like it? Forcible Entry? Yeah, I like Forcible Entry. I didn't like Aggression as much, but that was just because no. I'm not a big you know rap hip-hop guy. But like even then, some of the themes on there were just not not my style. I thought the, the Drowning Pool version of the game was pretty good. Yeah, um, and then they had them do it at WrestleMania 18. Yeah, uh, the Glass Shatters, of course. I think it's the best Stone Cold Steve Austin theme. Yep. Our Lady Peace, incredible. Mm-hmm. The Rob yeah, Zombie song, anymore. obviously good. But like, there's there's like six or seven songs in there that are just really, really great songs. I thought that the Saliva version of uh, Dudley Boy's theme was incredible. Oh, yeah. um, I, I am supposed to interview Josie Scott at some point, uh, which is something, yeah. Because uh, uh, our transcriptionist, William Thatch, is a big Saliva fan and got me in touch. But he had been on tour. I need to reach back out. But I just wanted to ask him about wrestling themes. And he was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm Grammy, so- Grammy Award winner, Josie Scott. Hell yeah, brother. I mean, you saw this from, I think it was from Thanksgiving. I put it out there. I was like, I want to get the original Neurotica lineup together. Because I don't know oh, if wow. people remember Neurotica. They were the first. Yeah, right of your in- life. Yeah, they were the only band signed to WWE SmackDown Records ever. Everyone else afterwards was a wrestler. It was John Cena. It was Jillian Hall. It was Lillian Garcia. They were the only band that they took a chance on and obviously flopped. But the point is like Kelly Schaefer, who has been around for 25 plus years, she he still plays in a band called Atheist and has since 87. So like, wow. I want to get that band Neurotica together and talk about that time because that was wild. I reached out to one lately, uh, the lead singer of Waterproof Blonde, if you guys oh, remember, I remember them, yeah. the Christian's original theme, because somebody just randomly hit me up from Louisville and was like, hey, you know, she's a hairstylist here in Louisville, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> and never heard back. I don't know uh, what the social media thing is uh, like for her, but 
I was like, man, I, I would go interview her and just, just talk about that. If she had any knowledge of like how that necessarily works. She, I mean, obviously she's aware she did Christian's theme. There's no way you can really escape that, but uh, I preferred that version to the story of the year version, honestly. But uh, it's probably the fifth best version overall. What's the? F- <laughs> I didn't know what bit he was doing. He was bringing it back. <laughs> people, people were saying Russo. People were saying Russo. And Nobody like, wasn't hey. saying bro enough. Yeah, he wasn't saying bro enough. And then I, I caught on what he was doing. So yeah. I, I, knew, I knew where to go. That. I didn't. I'm, I'm that's professional. Okay. That's what you guys do. Um, what was I going to say about the? Oh, oh. Then they brought back the fifth best. That was good stuff. Um, yes, bringing it back around, baby. Anyway, so right as we got to the end of talking about Shelton Benjamin and free agents, let's talk about Mustafa Ali, who is now. You want to talk about people who want to have banger matches? Ali is that yes. guy. And and really quickly, we're going to talk about how he put it together, but he's already released, what is this, two, four, six, eight, about eight or nine dates that are literally a world tour. He's going to Paris. He's going to be in Chicago, of course, his home base. He's going to be in Corpus Christi, Texas. He's going to be in Toronto, Ottawa, Quebec, L.A. He's going to be in London. Uh, he's, he's working with everybody. And you know what? There's one date that's free, Jeremy. That's January 14th. That's Snake Eyes tapings. Oh, you think he's going to... Why wouldn't he show up to Hard to Kill, though? Because he's in Corpus Christi. I said that he would be at... I, I said Okada needs a match for Battle in the Valley. Um, I thought he would do yeah. Okada. But instead, he's in Corpus Christi at Texas Wrestling Cartel, where okay. he is facing... I have no idea. He's just... If you're, the show. if you're bringing Ali in, I'm fine with that match. If you're TNA and you're bringing Ali in, that's fine. I would not just do if I'm TNA Ali and Okada just to say I did it, and you have neither of these guys under contract. Like it, it's a look, it's a cool match. It's a match I want to see, but I don't know how that benefits TNA if it's a taped match where you have neither of these guys under contract. Like TNA's got to think of themselves here, like. They can't just be, hey, yeah, cool. We're the home of this like awesome match type of thing. But there's no follow up because we don't have either of these guys on our side. Like it, it does. I don't know how much that really benefits them. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying this for a while. When it comes to TNA, is that they'll bring in some special guests, and those special guests will get the big W's over their bigger talent, and then we'll be like. Okay, now what? Like, what does Josh Alexander do? What does Speedball Mike Bailey do? What does, you know, what does this guy do who just lost a big match to a big talent who's not under contract? You're right. Ali coming in, the hope is that it would be multiple times. And it doesn't have to be a contract. It could just be we're bringing you in for multiple dates. Leo Rush is a good example of this. Leo wasn't signed to TNA to to Impact at the time when they got the the X-Division championship. But the implicit understanding with both sides was, you're going to be here for a little while. You got the exhibition title and then you're going to drop it to Saban. And you're going to tell a story. There was an injury in the middle. What well, that really sucked for Leo rush. Um, but the point was, if you're going to bring someone in for a certain amount of dates, the plan has to be there. If it's a one-off and they're just coming in to win and be a special guest for a couple of tapings, then what are we doing? What are we doing with the other stars? 
Yeah, I I would like to see, and like Okada is a big match. I would like to see like an actual TNA talent get that match too. Because what does that say to you, the rest of your talent as well? If like, hey, we're just gonna bring in Mustafa Ali as a one off here to face Okada. Sorry, Alex Shelley, Josh Alexander, Steve Macklin, who have been here the entire time. You don't get this match. Like, I don't think that's uh, the biggest. Didn't they announce Okada's match for Snake Eyes anyway? Yeah, it's a six man. It's uh, Okada and Motor City Machine Guns versus, oh my God, what was it? Against Myers, Moose, and somebody else. Yeah, Myers, Moose, and Edwards. Yeah. So they they wouldn't be facing Okada anyway. So what are you talking about, Joel? You said what Okada you needed a match. No, at Battle in the Valley, Okada needs a match. Oh. New Japan. I'm talking New Japan, not TNA. I, my original thing was the 13th is open. He could do Hard to Kill. And then he announced, no, I'm doing the 13th in Corpus Christi. So I said, oh, he's open on the 14th. So he could do Snake Eyes, which is the TNA tapings. Hard to Kill is the same night as the Corpus Christi show. But it was also before I found out about Battle in the Valley and that Ali was uh, was booked on the 13th, I was like, oh, maybe he'll show up at Battle in the Valley because Okada needs an opponent. And in the Ali video, they had Okada on the screen as someone he wants to face off with or at least show that he's better then. So that was my feeling was Okada Ali at Battle in the Valley, but it's not happening. Okay, you really confused me. Yeah, no, once you asked about Hard to Kill, that's when we kind of went off on a separate path. But uh, no, oh, you eyes. mentioned Ali and Snake Eyes and then mentioned Okada as well. But yeah, Okada has a match there. Um, at, at the TNA, yes, he does. You're right. Yes. The yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that whole conversation was unproductive and accomplished nothing. Thank you for no, but it, <laughs> You're welcome. But, it, but no, but it serves a purpose in, in the larger scope of how Impact TNA has brought in guest wrestlers for different shows. It is a lot of the time, like the, the, the Will Ospreay stuff, they're doing Osprey Alexander too. I'm hoping that Alexander gets his win back and that maybe this is the invitation to go. I mean, the G one's not until, not until October. So yeah. like, I don't know. No, how no, that's, it's, yeah. it's summer. It's summertime. G one summer. I thought it went into the fall for some reason. Anyway. They moved it because the Olympics the one year. Right. Okay. okay, so that's what I'm thinking. Of. So so maybe this does end with uh with you know them shaping shaking hands. Let's say Alexander wins and Osprey's like is my last act as a New Japan official talent. I am extending an invitation to you for the G1 in the summer. And then that's just a, something that they can ride on for a little bit with Josh Alexander. Uh when it comes to Mustafa Ali, I loved how they he did that yesterday he teased it for a couple of days of like the announcement's gonna be 1221 on 1221 and then he puts out the vignette which was really really well done we knew ali could do great vignettes great promos like he did those in wwe they just never used it and the stuff they did use was a lot of times watered down versions of what he would post online and at the same time he is putting out this vignette all these companies are announcing that they booked Ali. GCW being kind of the biggest one, but Progress, Defy, uh, Dreamwave, uh, Prestige. Like he's got he's got matches already against Speedball, Gringo Loco, um, Warrior Wrestling is another one he's going to be at. He's got the four way against Penta, uh, Vikingo, and Gringo Loco. Like they they were. And, and then other stuff he doesn't have a match announced yet but like he's gonna be there and i'm sure they're gonna do cool matches loved absolutely loved the way this was 
all done. And Ali is a guy. We were, ta- we were talking about motivations before Sean came on. I know what Mustafa Ali's motivations are. That's a guy who wants to go out there. He wants to have great matches. And he wants to like make a name for himself and see where that leads to. Maybe it leads him back to WWE. Because we've seen a million times of a guy leaves WWE, makes a name for himself outside of the company. And WWE's like, we'll bring you back and you're a bigger star now. I could see that happening with Ali if that's the direction that he wants to go in. Maybe he just wants to have these cool independent matches and then he feels he has more value to like an AEW. Maybe he wants to go to a TNA and try to lift them up. Like we don't know what his full on motivations are as far as signing a big contract, but we do know his motivations right now is to have really awesome matches and showcase himself in a way that he did not get to showcase himself uh in wwe he's gonna work a lot of the places that have exploded with popularity over the last seven eight years that he's been with wwe that's really what it comes down to he's gonna work the places he's wanted to work and work with talent that he's wanted to work with he's made no bones about that you've seen him training with guys like gringo loco on on his socials like this is not something that is uh, that is unheard of but it's also not something that is unexpected when it comes to ali uh, I could see him, honestly, it's up to him what he wants to do. But like, if he wants to take the Cardona approach and branch out and just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be a gimmick. I don't know if he wants to. I mean, clearly he does because he released that video of the, you know, I'm, I'm, I've joined another party and the world tour is on. But I don't know what his expectations are beyond getting booked. Matt Cardona is a really interesting case study because he went in with all of his WWE knowledge about merchandising and branching out and doing other things like major figures and you're having your own wrestling shows and just the things that Matt Cardona does that gets him over and keeps him over in the indie world. He's doing a really good job at that. Ali could do something like that if he is interested in, in branching out that way. Because wrestling-wise, he's going to be fine. He could do the Effie route. He could have a major event every few months. He could travel the world. But again, the difference here is that Effie is, you know, uh, Ali is married and has kids. And I don't know if that's something he wants to do long-term. Right now, I think he's really just trying to, he's trying to do the things he couldn't do for the last little while. For the last few years in the places that he's deemed worth going to in the time that he's been out, uh, out of the rotation so to speak, in the independent world. And I think it's great because that's stuff that as a creator, as a as a creative person, as an artist, you need to feed that before you go and maybe put yourself back in a position to be working in a WWE, an AEW, uh, a place where you are almost exclusive to a, to a wrestling company. One thing that I think Ali can really do is bring something different to the independence as far as character. Because a lot of independence is just cool matches type of stuff. Cardona does a good job as, as with establishing a character going from town to town type of thing. But like, like I love Speedball Mike Bailey. Speedball's booked everywhere. He has cool matches everywhere. But a lot of times, there isn't always a, a rhyme or reason to some of these matches like hey here's speedball here's a dream match because it's speedball type of thing ali's doing a lot of 
well, I'll use dream match, quote unquote. We have people have different definitions to dream matches. No, it's my dream matches. Most of them involve like Snoop Dogg and, and Johnny Knoxville. How about highly anticipated opponents? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, but he can bring, and I think is is what he's doing with this world tour stuff is like, you know, these corrupt the wrestling his hand is in the hand of like the corrupt. I'm gonna come out here and I'm gonna change that type of thing. I think he can bring a good character to the independence and that's something the independence can be missing from like town to town show to show type of stuff so i i like what he's doing and again he's so he's so smart he's so creative like how many people have gotten released over the years and how many people have like done something like this to this level upon the release like i've never been more excited for like an independent run because most of the releases is like oh they're going to show up in like aw or tna they it's just a surprise appearance type of thing no one's like done a rollout like this and he, he didn't have to do it like this by the way like dolph ziggler nick nemeth he got announced for various shows two weeks ago riddle got announced for various shows weeks ago like he ali was keeping stuff quiet of like hyping stuff up and then this big rollout all at once i think he also knew that enough eyes were on him and his decision and what to do where to go that he controlled that conversation and that's that's good you want that so for him to go off and and have produced this video have a bunch of secret you know or matches booked in secret that he would roll out on his terms because he knew that the that the buzz would be such that he got you know he got what he wanted and that's good the video itself very well produced very well put together a little hokey, but that's kind of what it is. But at least it wasn't a prison break vote video. We finally, we have finally gone past the prison break video. I like that Ali took the idea of leaving the place that whatever oppressed him, whatever word he wants to use. Uh, he's now called, he called it something different, right? He said he was, uh, he was a free man or that he was, you know, going across the aisle. He was making it a more political uh, jump than a, than a jailbreak. I like that he made allusions without making the traditional or very memeable video. Uh, so that was good. And then we're seeing other people do it. You know, we made fun of the uh, the Shelton Benjamin one. I think Shelty was just having a good time, and that's funny. And it was yeah. good. It played off to his humor. Um, then you've got like uh, Mason and Mansar. They've been they've been out. They've been doing stuff. They they showed up they were at doing w- Twitch streams the day they got released. Exactly. Like they've been places, but they haven't been outside and now they are they showed up at dpw they're going to be at gcw speaking of gcw last night dalla shows up takes on uh, takes out joey janella we had no idea we just happened to pick the best friggin' time to call out top dollar to call out aj francis because he happened to show up he was already announced for a gcw show yes he was but he but and we mentioned that on the show too he was he was going to be on one we didn't expect him to show up last night at the gcw show that was live and he took out joey janela i love that that is the match by the way that it's that it's going to be aj francis and joey janela because it's it's perfect because you have people online hate janela people online hate aj francis 
People in GCW love Joey Janela. People in GCW hate AJ Francis. This is going to be such a fun, like, I'm going to sit back and watch the discourse because people are going to get so friggin' weird. And I think Brett and Joey and AJ all knew that it was going to get weird and they're going to have fun with that discourse. But I like where that's going. I like it. But let's be honest about this match between Joey and AJ Francis, Joel. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because I'm going to end Top Dollar's career the week of this match in that battle rap. He's going to be too embarrassed to show himself once once we, are, we do our battle rap. So everybody, if you're excited for Joey Janela, AJ Francis, sorry to get your hopes up. Wow. Clip that. Tag him in that. I guess so. I don't know how to feel about that. I, I really want to talk to AJ Francis. I thought he'd be a really good get for us. We can talk to him. Well, we can have him on whenever, and we'll do the battle rap the week of, and he, his career will be over after that. Jeez. What about Joey? We've had Joey on the show. We love Joey. Bruce Hart. We do. He's great. pretty good. Bruce Hart is wonderful. Uh, anyway, I, I like where this is going. I like where... Some of these, uh, some of these talent have fallen in, in terms of where they where they're going, what they've announced, what's coming up. Uh, is it Nemeth is working CMLL, isn't he? He's working Mexico. Maybe he's working. No, he's working Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's fine. He's working like MCW as well. I do want to address this comment real quick. So you all say on the Indies, you don't have the week to week audience to make a story outside of the story that told the match matter. As he explained on his Twitch channel, I do agree with that. Like I understand it is very difficult to like go story to story, but you as a singular person can create your own story online because let's be honest about where the independents are. A lot of it lives online. There's nothing preventing you as who you are from like, kind of telling your own story with with how you present your character. And I'm not saying like nobody does this. There are plenty of examples. Brian Keith does a great job at this. There are plenty of examples who do this. Um, But a lot of times it is just like cool match announcement, cool match announcement, cool match announcement. And I think Mustafa Ali can raise the level of singular characters going from independent to independent and doing cool matches. I'm also waiting for Speedball on TV to have more of a character. He's been smiley, happy Speedball, who wrestles really well on TNA. I'm ready for him to break out. When they did, they when him and Kenny King had a series of matches that ended in the uh, legally obtuse pit fight. They, they called it the pit fight, not the fight. Pit. Yeah. The fight, the fight pit without honor. When they had that match, that was the most character out of speedball we have ever seen. And I want to see more of that in speedball and TNA. A lot of what he does on the indies is like the stories are in the matches. The stories are also like, he's facing people that people want to see him face. I'm not going to give you a list, but like there are plenty. He's going to be facing Ali, for example. That's a highly anticipated match. The, the story there is just going to be highly anticipated match. I want to see more stories out of speedball and I know that we'll get there, but you know, it's been, it is something like you said, it's something that needs to be worked on. Can we stop using the term dream matches or can you people get better dreams? Yeah. Your dreams have to really dream higher, dream bigger. All these Mustafa Ali matches are very cool. Mind they're highly anticipated matches. Yeah. Like once he became free, it's like, okay, this is possible. This is possible. This is possible. 
a dream match. A like, dream match should be someone who's dead versus someone who's alive. Because then yeah. it can only happen in your dreams. You want to do you want to do Brett versus Andre only in your dreams. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Again, like Sammy is uh, well, Sammy's Sammy Zayn, Johnny Knoxville. That's a dream match. Dream that's match. a match he didn't think was possible until it actually happened. I the, the term just gets thrown around too easily. Like it truthfully doesn't affect me. I think it's funny. Um, if that if that's your dream match, then cool. Uh, good on you for feeling that that is a a dream match for you. I we have we have different different definitions of what a dream match is, and I realize mine is very uh very drug based <laughs> dream matches that people are not thinking of because uh you know it doesn't involve uh doesn't involve actual wrestlers most of the time drugs draymond green draymond green and roman reigns is a dream match for me that's a match I want to see. Okay. Okay. There it is. All right. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Roman Reigns, is he on the show tonight? No, nope. uh, I think so. I mean, he's not like advertised, but like it was taped. So, you know, I assume he's there. They probably taped some backstage segments with him, right? Yeah, I guess so. He was, the, unless he took the jet, he wanted to go home early. Uh, you can't, I mean, it wasn't really early though. He was at the end of the show last week. I mean, earlier than 11 o'clock or whatever they were doing. I feel like they taped some some backstage vignette. Yeah, Roman Reigns and Julius Caesar. That's a dream match. There you go. A2 Heyman. <laughs> AJ Styles, Solo Sokoa, Lashley and Escobar in the U.S. Turtle, US Turtle Tournament. The U.S. Turtle Match. Yes. What? Let's find a picture of a U.S. Turtle. Uh, Owens and Hayes, Carmelo Hayes, also in this U.S. Turtle Tournament. <laughs> you find the turtle yet? The U.S. Turtle? The problem, like, I searched it, and it's just, like, it's just all these ugly-looking turtles. Like, I want, like, yeah, a turtle that about right. with, like, an American flag shell, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty a U.S. Nice. Turtle. Yeah, I got, I got one here. It, it's you got one? Yeah, hold on a second. I got you one. Hold on. It's going to be a second. Better not be a WebP image. Uh, Oh, who invented that? Can I punch that person in the face? Those people deserve to be punched in the face. Every time that you think I should get punched in the face, no, one of these people should. The WebP people, just the worst humans in the world. Okay, I have AI AR art art prompt. Yeah, there you go. That's not real though. That's just like some. uh, Yeah, they're all just designs. I can't find a real turtle. No, I want a real turtle. That's illegal. To spray paint a turtle. Yeah, I mean, this one's a little bit better. Better not be a WebP image, I swear to God. Okay, it's not. Uh, okay, here, here. This this one's this one's more realistic. There. All right, that's... It, it looks like garden gnome. Is that what that is, a garden gnome? Well, yeah, kind of, but I mean, it's... it's Yeah, it's it's ceramic, and it's been painted. It looks yeah. like, an, uh, like an army shell. An army yeah, kind of does. Kind of yeah. does. It's not great. All right. Yeah. I want a real turtle. What about Franklin the turtle with a? Is mur- it illegal to spray paint turtles? It feels like it's illegal to do these things. Okay, I wouldn't. Everybody do save the turtles. Like, a, don't don't spray paint. Them. There's a sloth riding a turtle. A sloth. Yeah, I don't know. this is just turtle U.S. flag. Mm. There's a flag 
bearing turtle. There's a lot, lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Oh, this one is a super American turtle. Hold on. This is this is like a real turtle that they dressed up too. Hold on. Let me let me get this one. What are we talking about? Eggs, the, turtles. The, the U.S. Turtle Tournament. Uh, Bobby the U.S. Lashley. Turtle Tournament. The, Bobby Lashley versus Santos Escobar. What turtle do you think would win? Kevin Owens is turtle. <laughs> he's got yeah, a big. Like, do you think a snapping turtle would beat like? What other kind of turtles are there? A teenage know, a, mutant ninja turtle. Teenage ninja turtle. That's right. <laughs> they would win. <laughs> All right, hold on. I got. I got a good one. I got a good American turtle. A good United States turtle here. As it takes five hours to upload, as it always does. Here we go. Look at this one. Low ass turtles. There we go. Oh my god! With the yeah, that's America. A, yeah, that's a real turtle. They didn't have to spray paint it or anything. He's got he's got the cool decorations right next to an American flag. That should be our country, uh, our representative, not that eagle. Well, you already have a turtle-looking motherfucker in your house of representatives. That's not nice. <laughs> what? Mitch McConnell's a bitch. Anyway, uh, the NXT North American champion, Dragon Lee, puts his title on the line against Booch. And then we've got a eight-woman Halloween Havoc. Sorry, Holiday Havoc. It's all the same Havoc. Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Michian and Zelina Vega take on all four members of Damage Control. That's SmackDown. It's a fun show. It's a taped show, so the energy is going to be what it's going to be. Uh, I'll watch a little, a little of it. Like, uh, you know, it'll be. I'm just going to keep this image up. Why are you, yeah, why is this still here? I don't know. You have the power to take it down too. I just let's just do that. There. I don't know why I didn't, but here we are. United States Turtle of America. Everyone okay, we've moved past this bit. No. We're well past our time. The next people in line are waiting to come on and do their stuff on Overbooked. No, they don't start till three. Start till three. Who am I kidding? They'll be fine. They'll be okay. Why soul saying this has been the most politically charged episode of In the Weeds? <laughs> yes. Chat the ornery today. I know. I was noticing. What did you guys do? Guys, it's the holidays. Yes. Come on. Everybody, everybody be cool. It's the holidays, guys. We did talk about MJF and Swerve, didn't we? Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> Moose posted this tweet. This is really funny to me. Uh, this is from actually just now. Uh, a it's, a photo. it's a photo of him it, it, from three different weights. Uh, November 1st, I was 276. November 23rd, I was 264. December 20th, I'm 252. All it took was Coach at Scott Damore telling me I was chubby. The truth hurts at times, but it's definitely needed. Scott Damore is really just, he's just got the whip and chain out for everyone, isn't he? He's just. Are you not going to like show the photo transformation? Well, I guess I could, couldn't I? I got to find it. Hold on. Here it is. Hold on. I'll. I'll I got it. I got it. All I got right. it. Fine. From Moose. This is the part of our show where we just kind of go further off the rails than we have before. We started this show talking about how many eggs you could eat. So. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. It's fair. Uh, Moose. My God, he's looking real jacked, brother. Just holding his junk. Yeah. Yeah, should have. Joel, you honestly like should have gone with like something something funny what do you mean 
I don't know. Like you, you, you went with the real photo. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm not doing that. You couldn't, you couldn't have gone with like a. Hold on, let's. let's what a it. jacked moose. Yeah. So someone could be like, "Look at real Jack, buddy." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like a an AI jacked moose or something. Like, wouldn't that be something? Stop buying AI art. Stop making AI art. No, I'm a, I've never Funko. used AI art in my life. Stop doing the Funkos. Stop doing the AI Funkos. Yeah, I saw this this thing, but like, I didn't even know like where to go to like create one. Don't do it. Have somebody draw it and make it for you. Pay them. Like, is it a website? Probably, but stop, stop doing AI art. Stop feeding it. Why are you against AI? Can because. you fuck AI? <laughs> no, but they can fuck the artists that they're not getting paid to work for. <laughs> People are really into the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> could you have sex with an AI moose? <laughs> yes, you can. There's a movie about it. Not the is moose, there? Not the moose, but AI. Yeah, that's right. Is there? Yeah, it's it. Uh, I forget the movie's called, but it's it's like about a an AI girlfriend or to, it's, it's weird. It's weird. We're not talking about it right now. I saw it in theaters. This like sounds amazing. Go. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know. Someone will bring up the name of it. It's, it's done. This sounds like a, a show I want to watch. Yeah, it was her. It was, it was absolutely her. Her. Yeah. The movie was called her. Hold on. Could you, could you have sex with her? It's a very strange movie. It's, her. it's okay. Film. Yeah. I found found it yeah joaquin phoenix is in this yeah yeah and scarlett johansson is the 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 woman's voice oh 2013 is when this came out yeah and the movie is set in like the not too distant future i think Mm. all right i'm interested Mm, okay how to perform on rotten tomatoes what was the reception oh i don't know about that one it's got a 94 approval rating on oh, Rotten Tomatoes. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. All right. Oh, the cinema score gave it a B minus, though. Yeah, well, you know, time marches on. So critics liked it, but like audiences didn't seem to like it. See? All Jeff Dolly right. Driver says it's a good movie, and we steal everything from him, so clearly you have to <laughs> see it next. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, maybe I'll watch her. I've seen Ex Machina. I've seen that. It's been a while, but I've seen that. Oh, yeah. It was, I think it was Oscar-nominated. But that's was just it? because of the stars involved. Like, you got Joaquin Phoenix, and you got Scarlett Johansson, and then I forget who the screenwriter was, but it was his first time, and he got pretty big after that. Well, again, like, the it got a lot of... The critics seem to Alonso. Okay, the critics seem to really like it. Yeah, it was nominated for Best Spike Original Jones. Screenplay. Jose Alonso. Yeah, yeah, it was a Spike Jones movie. Yeah. Spike Jones. Anyway. Um, yeah, hers hers fine. Jeremy, we we let's go. I gotta go make lunch. Do you? You gonna have eggs? I might. I've got some leftover craft dinner and I might just fry some eggs over top. <clears throat> okay. All right. All right. No show on Monday, everybody. I hope everyone has a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas. Um, And yeah, no show on Monday. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us today and all all year. And I hope everyone has a great holiday. I hope Santa brings you everything that you would, that you've asked for. I hope everyone stays safe during the holidays. I hope you're surrounded by people that you like 
and love. And if you have to deal with people who you do not like and love, I hope they don't make things too miserable for you. Um, but I, I, I hope everyone does have a, a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, and that uh, uh, that, that they end their year in their in the year uh, strong out there. I know it can be a tough time for a lot of people, so I hope everyone just again stay safe and around people that that you enjoy. Yes, I echo the sentiments. Happy holidays to everyone, a Merry Christmas to those celebrating. We hope you uh, find whatever you need for those peaceful few moments that you get. Um, I'm not a big snow person, so I hope that there is no snow on Christmas. But for a few, for those who need it, I hope you get it. Just not in Toronto. Stay away. Stay away, snow in Toronto. Uh, you should we'll probably like, not live in Canada if you don't like snow. If I had my way. If I had my way. Anyway, uh, we'll be back on the 27th, which is Wednesday, to get in the weeds and talk about God knows what. Because... Monday's Raw is going to be a clip show. It's going to be. Oh, yeah. Monday's Raw is a clip show. I was thinking, like, it's going to be a good show. Uh, Dynamite will be live. Well, there's, I'm sure it's a tremendous lineup. Uh, one of the best no, lineups is, ever put on. But that's, but that's Wednesday. That's The show's Wednesday night. Our show is Wednesday morning. We don't talk about anything on this show anyway. We're going to be just talking about the presents you gave the kids and they got for you. And I'm sure we'll be talking about something. We'll, we'll figure it out. There's always something on the on, online to talk about, right? Right. I hope everybody vlogs off for the holidays. I've looked at living in Victoria, BC. No, it's more expensive than Toronto in some ways. It's not worth it, so I'm not going to do it. Also, then I got to live in BC. No one wants to do that. You'll tie to log off. I don't want to tie my log off. That sounds like it's a problem for me if I do that. It'll turn purple. Anyway... Uh- I am at Joel Pearl J. We help you ERL. Rob and Maggie are here at 3 p.m. on the channel. Go subscribe and leave a thumbs up as well uh, if you haven't already. And we'll be back Wednesday. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your long weekend. And we'll see you in the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, be on the binary. I will see you in the next one. Cheers.